he introduced himself as Brett Weston Wallace. So we've got Brett Weston Wallace, uh, Marmaduke, and Forsyth. Like, well, imagine if <laughs> imagine if Jughead been like, "Hi, and I'm Forsyth Pendleton Jones the Third. And Brett would have been like, "Oh man, you outnamed me." He's like, "What? <laughs> that's, that's more names than I have. You had get outnamed me." Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can call me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And if I was building a rocket to launch myself into space, I guess. Or to like ascend. Um, it would, yeah, it would be like, there would definitely be like, a pastel purple type element. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, what are you going to name it? I don't know that either. You said your whole thing was that you were thinking of a name. I was thinking of a name, but then you changed it to look <laughs> and I didn't really have an idea for that either. <laughs> Robin, the name of your rocket is I'm a clown. Yeah, no, it is. Doesn't even look. No, if it was a clown one, then it would look more like a clown. Okay, well, how about your- That would look stupid. You should make the name of your rocket your drag name. Why? Because that's a f***ing rocket name. But that's my name. Why is my rocket trying to steal my identity? It's not. It's just an extension of you. Oh. Yeah. Plot twist. That's okay. Okay, good talk. Anyway, my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And if I had a rocket, I'm gonna let you know right now, it's just gonna be all black and gold, but the interior is gonna be a stark white. Thank you. And um, as for the name, I don't like know. I kind of want it to be like Bodie McBoatface, but it'd be like Rockety McRocket, you know? Mm-hmm. But where's the face? Oh, I'm going to paint it. It's got to have a face. I could paint, paint a face on the front. No, it needs to have face in the name. Rocket. I liked Rockety. I think you should keep that. Rockety McRocket rocket face, though. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, that's it. Yeah, it has to have the face in there. It's really important. Yeah, thanks, yeah. man. Thanks, man. Solid. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm I'm glad that I was able to really talk you down from uh, not having face in there. I know, I was worried. That was really messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And today we have a guest. It's Sam. Yay. Hi. Hi. (laughs) My name is Samantha Coley and uh, five minutes from now, I will be a 27 year old marketing coordinator in sunny pre-apocalyptic Washington, DC. Robin, just play the I'm 27 (sighs) vine after she says she's 27. I'm 27. Thank you. Hey babe, happy one year. I'm 27. And in five days from now, I will be in Vancouver, BC. Yeah, when this comes out. <laughs> yeah. Will- this, everything in my bio will have changed. <laughs> Whoops. Except for my job. When this comes, well, no, when this comes out, you're coming tomorrow. I'm a senior writer and social media specialist yep. at Telltale TV and a marketing coordinator. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at SamKCC, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. Uh, if I had a rocket that I was going to shoot off into space in and ascend, mm-hmm. it would be um, pink. Oh, yes. Like a like a light pink pastel. Yeah, yeah. Millennial pur- pink. With purple and mint accents. Uh-huh. With um, some gold hardware. Yeah, of course. And it would be like 50s style, and it would be named Captain Proton. 
That's my favorite thing you've ever said. You're welcome. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I don't know if I Do get, I get it. Married? I think I, I think I might need other other information. It is it's a, a reference to joke. a Star Trek. Yeah, episode. see, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, in your head, you said, "Yeah, that's what I'm afraid of." I was like, "I guess that's a cool name." <laughs> So anyway, um, today we have words to say about episode 403 of Riverdale, Dog Day Afternoon. Awesome. So like we said at the end of last episode, like we usually do, um, Dog Day Afternoon was a 1975 American neo-noir crime drama film. The title refers to the sultry dog days of summer. And the film was inspired by an article called The Boys in the Bank in Life magazine about a similar robbery of a Brooklyn bank. So it's about a bank robbery. I don't know if that um, cool is relevant. I mean, it's a little archie relevant a little bit and also polly and a bomb uh yeah okay yeah yeah like you can kind of see the shades of it yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so now we're gonna go into thoughts from listeners uh i don't have any thoughts from listeners i just have thoughts from myself oh cool okay i'd love to hear those about last week's episode one thing the episode of the show or the episode of the podcast that you listened to both okay i would say mostly the show because we record okay so here's what our week looks like on Wednesday, we watch Riverdale. On Thursday, we do we rewatch and do our notes and then record about Riverdale. Yes. We edit on Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday, it has to go out on Patreon, and on Monday, it has to go out to the public, and then on Tuesday, we have to rewatch for our TVco uh, stream. Yeah, so it's just a lot of Riverdale every single day of the week. That is a lot of Riverdale. I mean, really you think that we wouldn't like it, but we do. Yeah. So yeah. one thing that I have been really enjoying from our TV co-streams is people commenting in during the episode saying things that we hadn't mentioned in our podcast. Mm -hmm. Slash me noticing new things and being like, shoot, I forgot to bring that up. And then I write it down. And so that that's what I'm kind of doing right now. Okay. But, um, okay. So Veronica was reading a book in, um, in class, like when Jughead is like, this is the worst class ever. I'm having a horrible time. And Veronica's sitting there reading a book. Do you recall this? I do. Yes. Yeah. And when I first watched it, I thought that she was just reading along in the textbook like the teacher was telling her to do. I also thought that. She was reading a completely different book. She was reading a novel. Oh my god, me in math class in middle school. Okay, are you ready for this? I'm ready. It's called The Secret History. Okay. The Secret History is the first novel by Donna Tartt, published by, by some guy, who cares, in <laughs> 1992. <laughs> Set in New England... It tells the story of a closely knit group of six classics students at Hampton College, a small elite Vermont college based upon Bennington College, where Tart was a student between 1982 and 1986. Okay. The Secret History is an inverted detective story narrated by one of the students, Richard Papin, who reflects years later on the situation that led to a murder, this having been confessed to at the outset, but with all other events being revealed sequentially. The novel explores the circumstances and lasting effects of Bunny's death on the academically and socially isolated group of classic students of which he was a part. So basically what happens in the novel, as far as I understand, is that it's narrated by one of the students and he was new to this elite smart school uh -huh. and then a murder occurred. So Whoa. it's basically Jughead. Yeah. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds Deeply. vaguely familiar. Yeah. So I just thought that was important to bring up. So they're, they're definitely leaving us clues. Yeah. They're, oh, there's clues for sure. Okay. I like it. 
Yeah, and then the only other thing was I was wondering if the name Donna, because obviously the name Donna has been really important this episode, I was wondering if that was like a tribute to the secret history. I don't know if that's true, but it's just the name Donna twice, you know? Hey guys, this is Robin from the future, Robin who is editing right now. You know how I was talking about how I was wondering if the name Donna was a tribute to the author of this book, and I thought that was maybe a bit of a long shot but I just realized as I was editing, Donna Tart and Donna Sweet, Tart and Sweet are opposites. So it kind of has to be a tribute to her, right? I don't know. We're going to have to keep thinking about this. Okay, back to the pod. Hey, 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 you're 27. Huh? It's my birthday. Hey, um, happy birthday, Sam. Thank you. It's our Sam's birthday. Okay. Okay. Ready? Oh, continue. Sorry. Okay. I, it was, that was important. Um, okay, so, hey guys, toot or boot? Toot. Toot. I would also like to toot this episode. I do feel like I enjoyed it less than last week's episode, but I also, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed this one more than last week's, but Why I have a very clear bias. Yeah, she's gay, so. Oh, right, because Alice is here. Yeah. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. All right, so, but we're on the same page. I also just really liked Betty's storyline and... Charles. I really am glad that the farm is finally over. Oh, thank, thank God. God. Yeah. That storyline overstayed its welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so do you guys want to start with Cheryl? Because it's the shortest, I think. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, uh, Brittany, you did the summary for this storyline? I sure did. Great, I'd love to hear it. Okay. Cheryl. Shoney's makeout session gets interrupted by Nana Rose inexplicably standing? She thinks there's Hello? triplets in the Blossom family, which is not correct. Because according to the encyclopedia of... <laughs> that is not correct. Because according to the encyclopedia of... Anyway, Tony doesn't think it's safe to leave the twins with her anymore, so she hires night nurse Darius, even though Cheryl fully told her not to. Darius is forbidden to go near the basement, so he goes near the basement, and he sees a rat. Cheryl fires him, of course. She finds out the source of the rat is Jason's rotting corpse, which she tries to stitch up herself. Tony finds her. They have weird relationship problems. I kind of expected Tony to be a little bit more upset. Yeah, like she walks up and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, there's a dead body. I feel like you should be more afraid. I would literally run screaming from that room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hello. But it says a lot about who Cheryl is as a person that I'm sure some part of Tony was like, yeah, that checks out. And I mean, Tony's also from the South Side. I have, I definitely have thoughts on this. Oh, so yeah. like, she's seen some shit. That's true. She has. I, even if you've seen that before, I still don't, like, even if you're, like, if you're not prepared to see that, I still feel like it's a bit of a shock. Oh, for sure. You know? I don't know. Maybe she'll be, like, more surprised next episode. Maybe. I'd love to. I'd love to see that. Yeah, because yeah, we were definitely focused more on Cheryl's reaction than Tony's. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, uh, going into my notes here, um, Nana Rose had to full-on crawl to the phone in season two. Like, Penelope was like, I'm leaving you here if you have to go to the bathroom, hold it, or go to, like, or whatever, and then left her, and she had to crawl to the phone, and now she's standing? What the hell? And there was no um, explanation? You know there's no one in charge of continuity on this show. Okay. But this season has been more careful about continuity. I think that's yeah. why it was so surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's even, uh, especially, like, like I have Hiram thoughts later as to, like, a continuity ugh. problem as well. Okay. I don't know if you guys are on the same page as me. Um, my Hiram thoughts are summed up by the sound I just made, which is, ugh. Okay. I help. Um, there's some Hiram continuity that I have questions about okay. later. 
Okay, so it was a little dis- this episode was a little disappointing in the continuity department, but what can you do? Yeah, I think maybe Sam, I mean, we're going to circle back to Sam's comment, which is, well, it's Riverdale. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Nana Rose thinks that she's Penelope, which is consistent because in season one, she thought that Betty was Polly. Yep. Yep. So it seems like her brain or something is constantly going back to the past. Uh, I would say that Nana Rose probably has some form of encroaching dementia. Would you say it's that or is it supposed to be like some secret power? No, I think it's dementia. I think she just, yeah, her memory is not what it is going a little bit. And like she, because it's people who are family, like she keeps confusing them with younger versions of people she's, or like older. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not to bring the party down, but like past versions. When my Nana was starting to like slip away, she would get my pop confused with her dad a lot. Mm. So like, it, that's a very familiar thing. Like she did that. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But I also, it's clearly a plot point. Robin, tell us why. Okay. So first of all, I think that it's definitely clear that her brain is somehow going back to the past, whether that be part of just like dementia encroaching or whether it be like some sort of whatever thing, mm-hmm. because it's clear, like, like, Later in her later years, Penelope didn't treat Nana Rose very well. She, no. I would say, it was even a little bit of elder abuse. Yeah, for sure um, it was. For sure. And uh, so the fact that Nana Rose seems to be like, "Thank goodness you're here, Penelope." I think that that's definitely something that happened to her in the past when her and Penelope were still on good terms. Okay. Um, and then she mentions that she saw the triplets burning in the fire. Um, and of course, we've gotten twins all over this uh, family. We had Claudius and Clifford. We have Cheryl and Jason. Now we have Juniper and Dagwood. So I have a theory about this. I'm so excited about this theory. You have no idea. We have been given this weird poster like a month ago. A month or two ago, the showrunner had this poster and I don't... Oh, it was like the Chimera or the... That's how you pronounce it, right? The Chimera? Yeah, I think Chimera, Chimera. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah, and it was like... It had a picture of Cheryl and then like a second picture of Cheryl that was like kind of grayed out. But she was in some sort of like sailor costume. And I was like, why is Cheryl working at Scoops Ahoy? Yeah, it was like two very opposite looking Cheryls. And, uh... Oh, see, what does Chimera mean again? Let me check it because I feel like I, I honestly, when I saw that poster, I was very afraid that Riverdale was going to start exploring like dissociative identity disorder, which most people like kind of uh, incorrectly identify as multiple personality or split personality. That's not it. It's a dissociative identity preser- uh, disorder. I said yeah. that for my mom because it drives her nuts. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. I've just had a thought. I think it goes okay. with your thought. Where was the second twin? Mm-hmm. Where was Clifford's twin? He was Lesbos. off in Lesbos. But doing what? Didn't he join the Navy? <gasps> yeah. Yeah. What if he... So is it... Wow. Okay, so is it like Claudius's daughter that looks just like Cheryl because... Like, does Penelope also have a twin that he... But I think it's... I think he just took one of the triplets because she's specifically saying triplet. Yeah, what if he took a triplet with him? I think... So. Okay, so a chimera is essentially a single organism that's made up of cells from two or more individuals. That is, it contains two sets of DNA with the code to make two separate organisms, except it like... One way that chimeras can happen naturally in humans is that a fetus can absorb its twin. And this this happened in um, Orphan Black, which is why I kind of clocked it as something. Yeah. So if that's what they're calling... Cheryl, but then it's not because they're two separate 
people? Yeah, I think it's a triplet. Yeah, I think it's a triplet too, and they misuse the word chimera potentially. I yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Because using the word triplet right now is really important. So I saw the triplets burning in the fire. Not sure how that works with Cheryl, Jason, and blank, whatever this other one's name is, if that's correct. Yeah. Uh which I think it is. I mean I think there's no way that we're not right. I think we're talking. We think we're completely right now. <laughs> yeah, but um, like here, let me yeah. remember when last season for that, and we obviously never had this explained, and it drives me nuts. The twins were dropped in a fire. Yes, so yeah. that's why it was like, could those yeah. things be connected? I'm just uh going on the Riverdale Wikia to see if I can uh confirm that Claudius was in the Navy. I, I remember something about him being on a boat. I, I think I do too. Y'all, I think we done gone and cracked this one. Congratulations. Why do we weirdly remember this? Do you remember that? Well, he, we know he spent time on a boat because he went to Lesbos. Yeah. I'm gonna go on the transcript and search Lesbos. Okay. This is really important now. No, it's very important to the theorizing. Do Oh, ooh. Um, I enjoy meeting new people. Do you know, during my journeys as a sailor, I came <gasps> upon the most wonderful island, Lesbos. I bet you that's where other Cheryl is. That's it. 100% that's it. Okay, so we cracked it. 150% We that's cracked it. it. Yeah, that's it. Not since us figuring out that Chick <laughs> was part of the Gargoyle King have we been so excited. I'm so proud of us. Okay, so talk to me about Darius. What are your thoughts on Darius? Um... Darius seemed like kind of suspicious. Like, why did he move Jason? He didn't move Jason. Did the rats move Jason? Yeah, because he's in a he's in a wheelchair. He could have wheeled away because there are rats all up in him. Darius is an innocent man. Justice for Darius. Genuinely. Dude, wow, literally that's one of my notes. <laughs> it's almost like we're roommates and best friends. <laughs> That's really funny. Literally, I'm looking at Justice for Darius right now. Genuinely, Darius was found online. First of all, why are you looking for people online? How like, else are you supposed to find employment in 2019? Or right. whatever this show is set. I guess it just... No, sorry. I'm talking about, like, Tony. Like, would she find him on Craigslist? Or did she put out an ad? She probably put out an ad. Because it sounded like she just found... It sounded like she just found him on Craigslist by saying, I found him online. Honestly, my my first thought was she Googled Night Nurses Riverdale. Yeah. So, okay. But, um, weird that they're, like, already on a nickname basis. Yeah, D? Like, she calls, like, he calls her Miss Antoinette, and she's allowed to call him D? I have so many questions. I thought that was weird. I hope he's, like, a former Southside Serpent who, like, decided to get his degree in nursing. He literally was like, hi, I'm here to do an actual job. Cheryl was like, please do not go into the Blossom Chapel. It is genuinely sacred you may not go in there he said okay so all he did was go downstairs find some rats and then leave and then she fired him when all he did was his job justice for darius can you imagine can you imagine being him he'd be like wow those must have been some magical rats if it was if i was darius i'd be like you know what honestly good riddance i don't really want to work here yeah also there's rats here it's like that scene in iron man 3 where he's like no please listen these people are so weird and tony just lets the bad guy get away I think that might be the fifth time I've heard that anecdote. Uh, what's interesting is that I'm done talking to you. Goodbye. Oh, okay, see ya. Um, I think, Bye. I think it's funny that they, like, do they make Darius wear red? Probably. Oh, I <laughs> hope so. Probably. Yeah. That was fully, like, custom blossom scrubs. Mm-hmm. And so Cheryl? That, like, but 
That implies that Tony did that. Made him wear red? Yeah. Yeah, I yes. don't see why she wouldn't. That's iconic. Um, So when Cheryl goes down there and she's like, ah, oh, you moved or whatever. I'm like, what happened to the sheet that goes over him? Oh, yeah. Did she? Okay. Did she just leave him exposed? Like, yeah, this should be fine. Again, continuity. We don't yeah. know her. And then this was uh, one it- of the things that really uh, got to me. My mom was on uh, our live stream on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And when we got to this point, my mom said, is he in one of Nana Rose's chairs? <gasps> yeah. Is that why Nana Rose doesn't have a chair anymore? No, oh. her chair was there. She was just like not using it. Maybe oh. she has more than one. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Different outfit, different chair. I was like, I am feeling comfortable when we are about this. Okay, but like, can we talk about the absolute idiocy of Cheryl keeping Jason in a room that doesn't have a door? It literally just has like a gate. Yeah, like it's, you could walk up to it and see his body. I'm like, why wouldn't you lock him in a closet? Yeah, it's a bold move. I put in my review that, which is available on telltale.com. Oh, do you want to, you should plug your review. Yeah. Yeah, I put in my review, which is available on telltelltv.com, that I think deep down Cheryl both knows what she's doing is wrong and wants to get caught. Yes, I, and you know what? I totally, I, I have thoughts on this. Like Tony finds out and Cheryl says, oh my gosh, like you've never met Jason. This is Jason. And it seems like Cheryl wants her to meet her. But then like the fact that she was like hiding it, making sure nobody could see it, had a sheet over him for the party, got mad at Reggie for being there, got mad at Tony for being there. If you hiding it implies that you know it's wrong. Exactly. You don't, you're not wanting anyone to find out. Like she knows it's wrong. Says that you know that what you're doing is wrong. And then as soon as Tony is there, I guess maybe the reason why Cheryl is acting like it isn't wrong is probably because she doesn't want to either, like she, she doesn't want to admit that it was wrong. Right. Did you guys ever think that, but now she looks like a kook. Did you ever think at any point in your life, you would be talking about the Archie Comics character of Cheryl Blossom hiding her brother's dead body from her girlfriend? No. <sighs> Like, I just, I I had this out-of-body experience for a moment where you guys were talking about that, and I was like, this is a ridiculous conversation to be having. Yeah. Yeah. I love Riverdale with my whole heart, because it makes absolutely no sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But this storyline was actually pretty short, so that's actually all I had on that. Oh, yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I just think that Tony is the most sensible person in Riverdale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. That checks out. Okay, so I put the Archie and Veronica storyline together. Yes. Oh, our least favorite concept. Because um, they are so intertwined, um, which makes it larger than the Betty or the Jughead storyline. But I think that the Betty and the Jughead storylines are more interesting. And so that's why I'd like to talk about Archie and Veronica now. Is that okay? Correct. Absolutely agreed. Um, Sam and I were literally talking before how like, we don't like Ronnie's storyline. Like, I would just love for Veronica to be in a storyline that's about Veronica and not everyone else. Especially her dad. I just, yeah. like, I I don't remember the last time I, I actively liked Veronica's storyline, which makes me sad. Yep. Like, I like her in Archie's storyline more than I like her own storyline, which is something I never thought I'd say. I'm genuinely trying to remember the last time I liked Ronnie's storyline, and I think it was when she originally bought Le Bon Nuit. But even then... Mm. At the beginning of season three or the end of season two. Yeah, but even then that was tied up in Hiram. Yeah, it's always tied up in Hiram. Like I was thinking, I really loved her singing Lifeboat in the Heathers musical episode, but that was also about her parents. Yep, 
And, like, it's fine for, like, a storyline to be about her parents because, like, I feel like a lot of the time characters get wrapped up in their romances. So, like, on one hand, I do think it's quite, you know, refreshing to have her storyline be more tied into her relationship with her mother and her father. But that can't be her only storyline. She doesn't do anything else. Yeah, at this point, it's been too long. Too long. Yeah, like, ever since Hiram showed up in the, the beginning of season two. It's been all about him. Exactly. And, like, it's never about, like, the the relationship with Hermione that she lost. Like, they never explore, like, you know, the mother-daughter stuff. They never explore Hermione's abuse. Like, they just kind of made Hermione a murderer. And now Veronica and Hiram are obsessed with each other. And I'm like, please get hobbies. Right. And it was, like... It's, like, deeply upsetting because in season one, she and her mom were, like, super close and united against him being, like, a shitty person. Yep. And now here we are and it's all about him and I'm like, no, thank you. I liked it better when when Archie slash Jughead were obsessed with Hiram. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna prefer Jughead because when Archie was obsessed with Hiram, I wanted Archie to die. Yeah, right. remember how much we hated Archie then? And now uh, I'm like, I love this handsome idiot. I hope he just sticks around forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, are you guys ready for my summary? I'm so yes. ready. Okay, here it goes. It's kind of long because it's a long storyline, okay. but stay with me. At the El Royale, Archie is boxing as usual. Monroe enters with his little brother Malcolm, who's been hanging out in dodgy places. Monroe reminds Archie that they were going to make the gym a community center, so they vow to do that. At the Pembroke, Veronica doesn't go through with changing her name to Veronica Gomez. At the gym, Mary and Mrs. Weiss tell Marchie the actual weight of what they're doing. It's going to take $40,000 to fix it up, enough to pass inspections. Veronica offers to lend them the money, but Archie wants to raise it himself. Veronica has an idea to do an erotic car wash at Pops. (laughs) (laughs) They do, but they only make $400. That sentence was so wild. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Later, Monroe barges into the gym and tells Archie that these dodgy guys attacked his brother even though he listened to him. It's time for war. Archie doesn't want Monroe to end up back in jail, but apparently doesn't care about himself. So he says he'll talk to FP about this guy named Dodger. Veronica gets home to find Hiram at his desk. Apparently, he's allowed to leave prison whenever he wants. (laughs) Apparently, if you're rich enough, they just let you walk in and out. (laughs) He tells... Yeah. He tells he tells Veronica that he wasn't born a lodge and his father was very angry that he changed his name. Now he understands. Elsewhere, Mary tells Archie that she'd like him to come back to Chicago with her. Archie refuses. She considers Riverdale a lost cause. Archie wants to make a difference. He sneaks out and attacks Dodger and his cronies with a baseball bat. <laughs> Stupid. The same baseball bat that he tried to protect Fred with. Oh, that just hurt in season two. Why would you say something so hurtful? Yeah, I that's did. deeply upsetting. Yeah, that just happened in my heart and in my brain, and I didn't even think oh. about it until I said it. So, um, ouch, thanks. Veronica goes to see Mary and gives her a check for $40,000. She's investing in Archie. Mary doesn't want it, but Veronica insists. Monroe finds Archie at the gym. He's upset Archie went alone, but now they have enough money for the gym. The money is dirty, though. They can't use it. Veronica won't help with that, but she will still give him the money. At the gym, Monroe is teaching some kids, and Mary comes to tell Archie that she's staying in Riverdale, and she'll help him get his gym made into a non-profit. Veronica visits Hiram and tells him that she's finally changed her name, but she changed it to his old last name. Okay, so I'm going to pop off about two things here. I'm sure I'll forget the second one. Okay. Um, oh, okay, you want to write it down? No, it's already gone. I'll remember it again. Okay, why don't you, you t- tell Sam? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'll, I'll remember it again. Just let her talk about the thoughts! I don't 
You're not going to remember. Please tell me. It's already gone. I just said it. Anyway. Hi, welcome to Life With Me. I don't have short-term memory. The thing that I wanted to legitimately pop off about and talk about was how friggin' disturbing it was for Hiram to look Veronica in the eye and kind of, I mean, he basically says, I understand why my father abused me because I want to abuse you right now. Oh. Yeah. He is full on just bullying his child. He's threatening her. Yeah. He is disgusting as a person and a father. Yeah. Can't say I've ever been a huge fan, you know? Like when he said that, I literally looked at Sam and I was like, is, is he saying that he understands why he, one would want to abuse their child? Yep. This is Marty Mantle, uh, uh, behavior. Exactly. And the thing that I don't understand is like, at what, I mean, at this point, Hiram's never going to be redeemable. And I really like that. But I'm always stressed that the show might try and tell me that he is. Mm. Because as much as the show understands now that it had to deal with Reggie's abuse, which like, I still will commend it for. I don't quite trust that like they won't try and make Hiram a hero again. That's how I feel about Polly this oh, episode. It's like, okay, Polly's getting the help that she needs. That's great for her, but I will never trust Polly ever. I it's so hard because I dislike Polly so much, but she's been so inconsistent as a character that I hate like her ups and downs. Like I hate her writing. I think there's a huge difference mm-hmm. in Hiram's behavior and Polly's behavior. Yeah. Because Hiram is intentionally malicious and, like, literally abusing his child. And Polly was a traumatized teenage girl who got brainwashed. And who the show kind of needed her personality to change and evolve based on what storylines they needed to push. Yeah. Which is very... Like, that has Cheryl energy as well, you know? So the most important note that I have of the entire episode, I think... This is going to be Margie-related. Is the fact that... um, (laughs) Mad Dog's, I mean, sorry, Monroe's brother's name is Malcolm Moore, okay. which sounds like Macklemore. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm just wondering if he needs to pop some tags. Um, I, I thought that your comment was going to be Marchie related, but it turns out it was like so much worse, you know? <laughs> Malcolm Moore? Malcolm Moore. I can't unhear that. I never would have noticed Moore. if you hadn't pointed it out. No, because they don't say his full name. They just say that his name is Malcolm and that they've said that his... Last name is Moore. His name is Malcolm Moore. <laughs> Malcolm Moore it's didn't die for this. Terrible. Wait, Malcolm Moore died? No, but that's the meme <laughs> is whenever something happens, it's whenever anything happens in the queer community. Because remember when at the beginning of that, he was like, I always thought that I was gay. Yeah. Like the song. Yeah. The the meme is, oh my God, Malcolm Moore died for our sins. And then it became Malcolm Moore didn't die for this, <laughs> which I think is genuinely funny. Classic. Thanks. Um, I know you didn't think that was funny, but I appreciate the curse you're talking. I hate that. Thanks so much. I want to know your Marchie thoughts. Okay, in what respect? Okay, so oh. Archie put himself in danger in order to protect Monroe's reputation. And his little brother. Uh, yep. And yep. his um, staying out of jail. That's a big sacrifice. Uh-huh. He could have gone back to jail for that. Uh, Yep. So we actually read um, some preview tweets before the episode came out that said that It was nice that Archie was level-headed for two episodes, but now he's back to his classic Archie. And now that I've seen the episode, while I can see why they said that, I think that the difference is always going to be his reasoning is so much more noble now. Like, Mm. he fights for people who don't always get to fight for themselves. And I think that's who Archie should have always been. Before it was just like, I'm rebelling. I'm starting the red circle. I have no purpose in life. And now he has a purpose. (laughs) Oh no, the red circle. Yeah, literally he walked up with that baseball bat and I looked at Sam and I was like, 
this has shades of the red circle. I Oh no. I feel like this is who Archie was always trying to be. Like this was the intention that was supposed to be behind stuff like the red circle, but now it's like actually good. Yeah. And without that little bit of reckless dumb pretty boy activity <laughs> where he goes and like thinks he can beat up five thugs with a baseball bat and like win the day because he's an invincible teenage boy is like quintessential Archie. Yeah. So I am enjoying all of the context around that being much better than it has been in the past. Ooh, that's so a good point. then I'll allow the chaotic choices that he makes. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. Cause it's like he like, he knows the stakes now. Right. Like, when he does something stupid, he knows there's a possibility he'll be injured or he'll go to jail. He's just okay with that. Whereas before, he was like, I'm a dumbass teenager. If I get hurt, nothing bad will happen. I mean, I think he still is a little bit of dumbass, but that's like... He's willing to risk it. But it's like a part of who Archie is. Yeah. Like, an endearing dumbass now instead of like... Chaotic. God, you're stupid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, Same. I am thrilled. And, uh... I know I always say that, like, if I went back to us doing this podcast in season one and said, hey, I like Archie, I always say that I, we would have been like, what? I don't believe you. But I genuinely feel like if I went back to even season two, season one or season two us and said, guess what? It's season four. We like Archie. I would probably, rather than being like, I don't believe you, I would probably be like, really? I am so glad whereas i would be like really that show got a fourth season <laughs> wait <duh. laughs> this show makes gets mad numbers i know but when we started it was literally like remember how ridiculous everyone thought it was gonna be i mean they were right but twin peaks grim dark riverdale like an archie comic but live action everyone was like that's gonna be ridiculous and it was but it worked yeah that's beautiful i love it i would be i i wanted to like archie yeah. the whole time and i just never did and now that i like archie i'm just so happy yeah so like when archie does stuff now i feel like i understand him more i think because like he's been through the trial by fire and he has something to fight for and it's not just like i'm gonna protect veronica or i'm gonna protect betty he's protecting an idea an organization like so someone that he cares about who he isn't romantically like involved with yet because we have hope oh, oh yeah. that hope i yeah. got it but like even then like he's he's fighting for people who can't fight for themselves all the time because the stakes for them are so much mm -hmm. higher yeah so i don't know i just i really like this sort of like more gallivanting archie i appreciate it sorry i was yawning um i know i'm very boring person so the arcade is called wipeout arcade okay uh i haven't gotten anything from that I also didn't Google it, so if um, maybe next week I'll figure out okay. what that's about. Um, then we get Mrs. Weiss again. Uh, Archie was saying that he won't be missing school because Mr. Keller will be here during the day. I'm like, are you going to have enough money to pay Mr. Oh! Keller? Oh, that's a good point. Because if he's your employee, he needs... I mean, what does my main man do? He ain't the sheriff anymore. He needs to feed his family. Yeah, he needs a salary. He needs benefits. Like, he, he has to support mm -hmm. Kevin, Sierra. Like, yeah. Well, it's Riverdale. Yeah. The only money that exists here belongs to Veronica. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, Veronica was in debt last season. Like, that was her whole <laughs> thing is that she was in debt, right? Yeah. I kept thinking Sorry, during her Veronica season Veronica and Hiram. Cheryl. Exactly. And I kept thinking during yeah. her scene, like scenes with Hiram, I'm like, how can Hiram allow her to have money? Because, like, <laughs> all her money wound up being his money. I did, uh... I did some math, uh -huh. um, and it looks like Veronica gave away $290,000 this episode. 
<laughs> the Glamour J eggs and the 40000 for Archie. Yep. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I yeah, would Veronica, love to see that much money. You're a bad businesswoman. This is why Veronica was in debt last season, because she gives away all her money. Okay, but here's the thing. This is also something that we all dream that people with, honestly, too much money would do, which is give back. I would do that if I had too much money. True. Absolutely. Yeah. So like Veronica doing these things, like even though we're like, oh my God, Veronica, it's like, you know what? She has the money and it's technically her, some of it's her dad's money. And who wouldn't want to give away Hiram's money? Yeah. So she specifically says that she would lend him the $40,000 and he says, no, I don't want any more handouts. And I'm like, Archie. Lending is not a handout. It's not a handout. (gasps) She said it was a loan. (laughs) That's so awkward. You have to pay it back. $5 $5 a month. Because that's what a loan is. <laughs> so Archie doesn't know words. He's like, I need to some, learn some more vocabulary. Well, he'd need to go to school for that, and he doesn't do that much. Yeah. So they do this car wash, and once again, they are teens. Okay, but I was saying uh, to Sam that I'm so glad the objectification was not of women. We are an equal opportunity objectification show. Yeah, like, that was last episode. Yeah. I like how Kevin handles the money. It's like we all know that Casey Cott has muscles under there. I don't know why you're making Ke- why why you're making Kevin keep his shirt on. Kevin was just like, I'm not here for female objectification. Exactly. He was, <laughs> he's like, I'm not interested. Yeah, he's like, I'm not doing that, but I will collect money for you because this seems fun. Yeah. I would like to see it. And then and then Veronica suggests a magic mic night and that they should all be fully naked. Okay. I I missed the fully naked part. Same. I think she says the full Monty, and I didn't know what that meant, but I asked Emily, and she said it meant they get all naked. She is correct. That is what that means. That is deeply upsetting. Oh my god, Veronica. Yeah, so, and then everyone is like, uh, and she's like, okay, never mind. I'm like, Veronica, Veronica? <laughs> we see what you're trying to do here. You have goals. Veronica just wanted that for Veronica. <laughs> she's just, I'm like, you you have goals, and we see you. Veronica, keep your kinks to yourself, please. If I was, if I was Archie, I'd be like, um, excuse <laughs> Um, how many other men do you want to see naked? Just like ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> just like, he's just like an estimation. I don't know. Is Mad Dog involved? Because maybe, uh, maybe I would do it. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Who said that? Mm-hmm. Not me. <laughs> what? It's like how, like, in America, because I have not had this be true in any high school I've ever okay. been to, but like in the shows that I watch... They have, like, those communal showers. Yeah. In the locker room. Yeah. Are they all naked in there? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I mean, like, in, like, in my high school, we had, we had communal showers, but you, like, they were all separate. Like, they had, had, a separation. Oh, I see. I think it depends on the school. But, like, in Stranger Things, like, in Stranger Things, Billy and Steve and Tommy are fully just, like, having a shower all together, and I'm like, are you naked? I, I think it depends on the school. Yeah. Because this is a little weird. <laughs> like, if that were true at Riverdale High, I just wonder if Veronica had been like, or you can go the full Monty, and Archie's like, it's chill, I've already seen that- all of it. Yeah. He's like, it's fine. Okay. We, we all play football here. <laughs> apparently we're all friends yeah so this guy his name's dodger okay which is the name of the dog in oliver and company oh all right (laughs) and so he says oh why should i worry oh why should i care and i just that that's all i heard in his scene okay have you seen this movie no no the disney movie with the orange cat not since i was like five yeah not since like very very little i haven't seen it for a while either but 
boy, did that song stay in my heart. Yeah, but you have the world's most insane and unachievable memory. It goes, it goes, why should I worry? Why should I care? I may not have a dime, but I got street savoir faire. You don't remember this song? No. It sounds familiar, but no. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's iconic. And uh, as soon as they were like, his name is Dodger, like even uh, in like the casting announcement for him and everything, I was like, why should he worry? Oh, why should he care? Well, play a little clip so that people know what you're singing. Yes, I will. I already, I looked it up on uh, YouTube this morn. Parf. So we know where Smithers is. Smithers does live there at the Pembroke. Found him. He's taking care of her. We didn't see him, but we heard about him. Mm. My next note was just that like Hiram says that he heard a rumor that she was changing her name. Um, The only person who knew about that was Archie. So who told you that? Oh, damn. Who did tell? (laughs) Well, didn't she go down to the office? Oh, yeah. She went to the office. Yeah. Like wherever she got the certificate, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. So wherever, whoever worked in the government there was clearly a snitch. I guess so. Which, I mean, everyone in that town is a snitch. Yeah. Okay, so here is my big continuity problem with Hiram. Cool. Hiram says, when I was growing up, my name was Jaime Luna. That was my name. Okay. And then one day, I wanted to have my own name, and so I changed my name to Hiram Lodge. Because everyone thought that the Luna name was dirt, and so I wanted my own name. Are you with me so far? I'm with you so far. Okay. In the Midnight Club, they called him Hiram Lodge. Yeah. They said that Hiram Lodge. If they know him as someone else, wouldn't they like wouldn't they still call him by that name even if he changed his name? But maybe he changed maybe his he name changed in it before he transferred. Yeah. I guess, but like as a kid It's possible. He was already making his own like, fortune. Have done it at 16. I guess just like the way that he was speaking, it seemed like it was like a once I was finished college, I still felt like garbage, so I changed my name type of story. Yeah. You know what I mean? It didn't seem like this happened when I was a child. I don't know. It was weird. I was just like, hello? I think he probably did it in high school before he transferred to Riverdale High. What makes you think he transferred? Because Sam said it and that made sense to me. <laughs> he has that like new kid with muddy energy. I guess there aren't any lodges in Riverdale. Right. No. So like it's not a Riverdale family. Like no. they all went together, but they Like they're like the Blossoms and the Coopers are. Like he's part of the club. But he seems like a transplant. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Okay, well, I will accept that um, just to make it make sense. Okay. 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 Um, they mentioned that Archie is doing his senior year. He's not supposed to be in senior year. He failed last year. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's, a, that's the podcast. I've said it. I've said it already. Woo! I've said it already, so I'm not going to dwell on it, but he's not supposed to be in senior year. Thank you. I love that this show never remembers its own backstory. Yeah. I, I just- okay. It's one of those charming things now where it's kind of like Glee, where you're like, sure, this new canon makes sense. Okay. Well, that's the thing is like, we we watch uh, The 100 for our The 100 podcast, and there are things that happen and we're like, we have to figure out how this makes sense because there must be some sort of explanation. And when we come here, it's like, if it doesn't have an explanation, eh. Right. The problem is that in both shows, there's never an explanation. But in The 100, for <laughs> yeah. some reason, we have higher standards. I don't know why. But on this one, Riverdale knows what show it is. So it sets up our standards, and then it, it, it 
It meets them, but, you know, the bar is on the floor. (laughs) It's because Riverdale hasn't made sense and hasn't answered questions from the beginning, Mm -hmm. but the 100 was actually good for a bit. Yeah, you're right. And it just kind of got progressively um, not that. I just wanted to give a shout out to Lost, um, which answered every single question. And if you have any unanswered questions from Lost, still hit me up because I know all of them. She really does. Thanks. I mean, and you might not like some of her explanations. Like one of her favorite ones is, it's a magical island. And you're like... Okay. But then she explains it and you're like, oh, okay. Like literally if you're buying into a show in which the island is magical, sometimes the answer is it's a magic island. It's magic. That's why they made it magic so that it could answer questions. You know, it's a magic island. Sometimes the answer is just, I don't know, magic. Yeah. Like some of it, it's just like, why did this person say this? And it's like, yeah. And who was her postman? Like, who cares? I mean- in Battlestar Galactica, they had like this plot line early in season one where they were running out of booze and it was going to be this thing. And then at some point they just gave up pretending that the characters didn't have an limitless supply of booze. And all of us were like, okay. Okay. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Saul so, used to keep track of like the... Remember he was like writing on it? Yeah. When you- Guys, can we talk about Riverdale? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, It turns out that Archie has a trust fund. Uh, what? No. Nothing. He has a college fund that his parents started for him when he was a baby. He's like, he's like, what? I have money? That's, it was just kind of, and and I don't doubt the Andrews parenting skills. They can do whatever they want. But I knew about my college fund when I was in like middle school. Yeah, that seems like something you would tell your kid at some point. Especially if like, if he's trying to get scholarships because he thinks that he can't afford college. Like that's put stress on him that he doesn't need to have if you have money for him to go to college, you know? And I kind of just assumed. I, I knew I was going to be able to afford to go to college. And I'm lucky that way. I feel very privileged and I know about that every single day. As I look at the no student debts I have, I understand the like the privilege that I have yeah. for that. And I just feel bad that Archie had to go through all of this time thinking that he was going to have to struggle. I mean, I it does make me wonder why the writers decided to do that, especially since the explanation that they would probably have a payout from Fred's life insurance. That seemed so much easier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't say that. Yeah. Oh, oh honestly, I looked at Sam and I was like, oh, it's going to be Fred's life insurance. It saves the day. Yep. And then they didn't do that. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, weird, because Veronica's like, oh, no, I have to pay you $9,000. No one ever talked about his life insurance. No. Yeah. And Fred's the kind of guy who would have life insurance, especially with his type of work. Yeah. Yep. He was a construction worker. Like, there's Andrew's construction. He probably had a will. I mean, obviously, Mary was probably in charge of his assets, but he clearly would have left something to Archie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um. Well. Well, honestly, Archie can have the money that I was planning on giving him anyway. <laughs> I think the thing that um I took away from this plot line that gave me the most joy was, I guess, the implication that Molly Ringwald's going to be around for a while. Same. I love it. Yeah. Like, Great. is she a series regular now? Uh, she did not get promoted to uh, season regular, but they did say at New York Comic Con that she would be around a lot more frequently than she has in past seasons. That's great. I love that for me. It is great. I love that for all of us because, like, for me, I love that. Well, for both of us, really. Um, love a good MILF. Like, but also, Riverdale it's just, like, always needs more moms. Exactly. And it's Molly Ringwald. Like, a whole new generation exactly. gets to see who Molly Ringwald is. Like, legendary mm-hmm. queen. Yeah. And I like that Archie won't lose, like, the parental support. Like, he'll have that parental sounding board, so he'll still have that dynamic, but she'll also be around to help keep the memory of Fred alive. Yep. I have to say, like, the the running gag that I didn't think was going to be a gag, but now very clearly is, 
of Mary thinking that Archie's in bed when he is absolutely not in bed <laughs> is like the funniest thing that's ever happened. <laughs> like, and it's so funny because the first time she was like, what, Archie? Archie must be in bed. But this time it's like very clear that it's supposed to be a joke because she's like, Veronica, it's really nice for you to come over. But like, I don't know, like Archie's in bed. So <laughs> I don't know where he is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where he could possibly be. I don't want to wake my son. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was very funny. That boy needs a tracker. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. Cool, I have an answer. Is Riverdale a losing proposition? No. No. I don't think so. And for the same reason that Archie said, because Fred believed in Riverdale. Yeah. And I think because there's, like, I think it's kind of the same attitude that I have towards Generation Z. It was a struggle to say Z because it's clearly uh, Zed. Um... (laughs) It's obviously said. It's like, they are the future. Like, I really think of millennials as taking the brunt of the boomer crap so that, like, Gen Z can come in and just change the world. Mm-hmm. I heard you, like, puke in your mouth a little bit as you said Z. It was horrible. <laughs> it was truly horrible. <laughs> you know you can say Zed. I would rather judge other people. I personally say Gen Z. I say Gen Z. I personally yeah. say Gen Z. But anyway... That's that's what I think of with the kids in Riverdale is like the parents are kind of like some of them are messing up and some of them aren't. But like, I truly think like Archie and Benji, Betty and Reggie and Veronica and, you know, Josie and everybody are like the future of like what Riverdale could be, but is too corrupt to be right now. Yep. Right. And if it's like, if it's the thing where their kids just live their parents' lives over and over again, then. <laughs> exactly. I would like to see it. <laughs> then we'll see. But um, actually, our friend Joanna, our friend Joanna, who is at Veridissima, mentioned on our live stream, I think on Tuesday night, she said another thing for the, or maybe it might have been on Twitter. I don't remember. Either way, it was Joanna. She said um, that another piece of evidence for the, uh, for that theory is that like FP's father did the same thing that FP had done, except for FP like kind of changed it around at the end there and mm-hmm. his father obviously never came back. Um, <laughs> same and uh fp's father has actually been cast and archie's uncle has been cast and then hiram's daughter who is not veronica and is not hermione's daughter has been cast there's a lot going on there's like a whole mess of new characters that i i honestly like don't even know how to theorize about until we get them you know agreed Especially because, like, clearly now we've worked out we're going to have, like, triplet Cheryl. Also, speaking of things that, like, go to the theory of repeating their lives, Veronica, I know she's trying to separate herself from her father, but she literally, by having him tell this story about him changing his name, and then her changing her name to his original name, name, it's just her literally doing the same thing he did as a child. Yeah, she's just completing the cycle. Yeah. Oh, right. I do like Veronica Luna is a pretty name. Yeah, I cannot get over her not being her Veronica Lodge, though. I wish she had gone with Gomez. Yeah, I wish she'd gone with Gomez as well. Like, Veronica Lodge is so iconic. Because, like, Gomez is connected to Hermione, who she's clearly had in the past a much better relationship with. And she doesn't have a relationship with her grandfather on Hiram's mm-hmm. side. So, like, she clearly just did this to piss him off. And I'm just like, is this, does this actually feel right? Or are you just fine? want to fight why are they so obsessed with each other did did you um interpret that as him being pissed off that she changed his name yeah like that oh yeah changed his name she's so angry i took it as him being honored 
You think? I thought he looked honored. Okay, well, we will have to see and rewatch. I thought he looked proud. Yeah, everybody who's listening, please let us know. Like, I didn't even, I, I didn't even think, like, consider that he could possibly have been angry. Because in my, like, I thought he, he was, like, almost crying because he was, I don't know. That's why I thought it was weird that she would do that. I'm like, don't, why are you, why are you, um, what's it called? Not the opposite of punishing. Why are you rewarding him? I thought she was reclaiming something from him and that made him angry. Like a name that like recalls anger in him. But maybe, maybe she was punishing him. Is now constantly going to be thrown in his face. Which interesting. Because when, when he told the story, I guess I thought that maybe he felt regret for changing his name since he now understands how upset it was. It made him. And so her changing her name to something that he that means a lot to him interesting i thought had made him happy but obviously there's a lot of different yeah, ways to hear. interpret it so if you guys are listening to this please let us know your thoughts on this yeah very interesting um i really liked the moment where veronica said to mary that archie makes her want to believe in herself yeah that was wholesome yeah i was like this is who archie's supposed to be <laughs> exactly archie's supposed to inspire people and be good mm-hmm. that was the best veronica scene of the episode i think i agree um, so Monroe finds Archie in the gym and he's like, oh, you went and attacked them. Like, aren't they gonna like punch back or like push back against you? And he said, it's okay. I was wearing a disguise. Okay. They're not going to be back. Was the disguise good enough? No. Obviously he was smart enough to, to cover up his hair, which has been his downfall many times. On any other show, I would be like, oh, that money is so coming back to bite them. But on Riverdale, if it never comes up again, I will not be surprised. Oh, I do not expect it to come up again. Yeah. But I do think that Archie is wrong on the on the sense that Dodger won't be back. I do think Dodger will be back. Yeah, you don't just let $40,000 go. Oh, that will absolutely be back. Yeah. I I did feel like it was kind of weird that this was the first time that we were hearing about him. Like, I feel like we heard about the ghoulies and we heard about the serpents before like they were more like super relevant mm-hmm. and prevalent so like the fact that he was like sh- mentioned once and then we like got the big confrontation i was like there's no way this is it yeah yeah there's it's not gonna happen and um i would like to point out we still don't really know what the i guess the big thing of the season really is gonna be what happens to jughead well i'm i need to figure out what the heck these this vhs tape at the end is about first oh right duh yeah, I'm high key interested in that. Like, I feel like that might be that might be the kickoff. Yeah, forgets that there's an entire season set up, especially because it's the Halloween episode next. Whoopsies! So he's like, "This money is dirty. We have to clean it." And I'm like, "How you clean money in washing machine? Oh, will fall apart." Oh, oh, Robin, buddy, genuinely, how do you clean dirty money? Isn't it just like dirty and it has bad energy? How do you clean it? No, no, money. It's it's launder. It, you have to launder the money. You have to put it through. Uh, a, a legitimate business. business. You can't just show up with $40,000 cash and someone would go, hey, this seems legit. They'd be like, where did you get $40,000 cash? And like some of it could be like tracked. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So then if he if they gave it to Veronica, then and Veronica gave them a regular $40,000. Now Veronica's stuck with the dirty money. No, she no. gives it out as change. M- Veronica attributes that money to profits from Le Bondoui. Oh. And that's how she that's how she explains it to the government. Okay. That's what a drug front is. That's what money laundering is. Oh. I And on this podcast, we will teach you how to do crime. 
I mean, Breaking Bad did it. I thought money laundering was making money. No, money laundering is putting money through a legitimate business to make it seem like that's why it's called laundering. Get it? Yeah. Okay, so what is it called when you full on make money? Printing money? Making money. Wait, like make money like legitimately? No, like you you put it in like a scanner and you say, beep, beep, print my money, please. That's just fake money, bud. Yeah, I guess that's what I thought money laundering was. No. It's like, this is what they did in like, I'm going to explain it to you like the way they did in Breaking Bad, which is like Walter White made a ton of money selling drugs, but he got paid in cash. He needed a way to like justify why all of a sudden he had so much money. So he bought a car wash to launder the money through. Uh, It was the car wash that he worked in at the pilot. Yes, he bought that car wash and that's where all the money went is he was like, yes, these are profits from my car wash that I legitimately own. Mm. I only watched season one. Yeah, I understand. A lot of people think it's the best show ever made. And I'm like, okay, I just, (laughs) it's good. But like, I couldn't find anyone to relate to. Boy, there's a lot of male energy in that show. Yeah. It's just like all men. And then like his wife who is like, who they're making unlikable for some reason. And I'm like, I don't want to dislike her, but she's annoying. Well, it's, it's that like a lot of viewers found Skylar annoying because she was saying like, illogical things like hey please stop selling drugs so illogical doesn't make any yeah. sense yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but like and then it's like well i like jesse because he's funny but also he's a drug dealer and i can't i don't want to support that i can't i just couldn't relate to anybody so i stopped watching yeah and you know what that's okay i am so sorry yeah <laughs> let's keep talking about riverdale which is a show okay. that we do like yeah um so monroe is asking everybody to jab they say low jab high jab do it it looks like he just wants high fives Yes, it does. Maybe he, he just did. has his arm up. He's like, somebody, don't leave me hanging, please. For the love of God, give me a high five. <laughs> okay, so then um, they're going to make it into a nonprofit, which I think seems very smart, but you still need to pay Sheriff Keller. I mean, Mr. Keller, um, just saying. And then uh, Veronica has changed her name to Veronica Luna, which we already talked about. That's all I had for that storyline. Boom, done. <laughs> all right, Jughead. Yeah. Jug arrives at his dorm with the other Joneses and Betty. Betty's going to miss him at Riverdale High. Later, it's revealed that one of his roommates is none other than Moose. He's going by his real name now, which is Marmaduke, because he needed a new start. Turns out he has another roommate and it's Brett. A great opportunity to kill Brett in his sleep. (laughs) In their little writing book club thing, they each critique each other's writing. Brett and Jug are not friends. Brett said he can't relate to Jughead's voice because he's never been a poor kid who lives in a trailer and is a gang. Really, he's the personification of bigotry. And classism. Jug heads back to his dorm and Moose is hooking up with Donna from Jug's class. She tells Jug not to mess with Brett and then Moose reminds him that he's bi. Hell yeah! (laughs) Love that. Mr. Chipping cancels writing club for the day. They all get the same murder mystery and have to write their own ending. That night, as they're all writing, Brett continues to antagonize Jughead and make fun of how he was raised. Jughead claps back with the fact that his dad got better and his family and friends actually love him. <laughs> Bet Brett can't say the, say the same. Awkward. Brett is stunned by someone standing up to him. The next day, Donna wins the competition and Jug and Brett tie for last. Later, Jughead sees that Brett has completely exposed Moose's identity. The Gargoyle King stuff, the Black Hood stuff, the Midge stuff, everything. Jughead feels terrible and tells Betty all about it. Okay, so here's my thoughts on this. And I'm glad that the show knew that I was going to have this opinion and decided to turn it on its head. But during this entire plot line, I was like, I can't tell you how uninterested I am in two white male writers having a pissing contest. Oh, absolutely. Zero percent <laughs> interested in it. They were like, I interpret it this way and I interpret it this way. And I'm like, I want to know her opinion. And then it turns out. Yeah. The teacher knew the entire time that both of those men were boring and that she was the superior storyteller. Correct. So, shout out. 
Honestly, the most interesting part of this storyline to me was the, like, excellent way that they casually acknowledged Moose's bisexuality. Yes! That felt like yeah. a victory. I have to say, and Callie and Emily can attest to this. Our roommates and your sister. The two people that I was watching yes. the episode with. As soon as Moose walked into the room, I went, who is that? Is that Moose? And then I jumped up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's Moose! I was so happy. With Robin, watching Riverdale is like a full context sport. I mean, like, that was me when we used <laughs> I, to watch 100 and like care. Enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah. I sit like 10 inches away from she does. the- She sits oh my God. in front of the TV and she flails. It's <laughs> it's hilarious to watch. It's exciting. Well, it's good that you enjoy that much. I do have a note about Moose going by Marmaduke now. Okay. And I think it's not his choice. I think Brett bullied him into it. Why? Because Brett is also bullying Jughead into going by Forsyth. <gasps> okay. And I think Brett is an asshole. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, is that, like, at the end, they're like, oh, my gosh, his real name is Moose. So it seems like he didn't even try to go by Moose. But then again, Brett was his roommate. Oh, right. Oh, right. So if Brett is his roommate and he's already like, hi, my name's Moose, I would like a new start. But And then he's like, no, your name's Marmaduke. Beach. Yeah. Well, I think you're both making points. But I do have another point on this. Why what isn't is he asking people to just call him Duke? <sighs> yeah, because, like, wasn't Marmaduke a dog? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I'm not crazy. That's a thing. Uh, no, you're not crazy. Okay. Well, this time. Yeah. But um, I just okay. think that Duke is a way... <sighs> it's just more livable. You know? Yeah. I mean, it is more livable, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, what's your name? Uh, my name's Marmaduke. <laughs> Sorry, your name's what? <laughs> okay, but y'all, he's at a prep school. Oh, T. If it's yeah. gonna be extra anywhere, this it should is the be place. Impressive. That's true. Brett Brett did not introduce himself as Brett. He introduced himself as Brett Weston Wallace. Yeah. So we've got Brett Weston Wallace, uh, Marmaduke, and Forsyth. Like, imagine if <laughs> imagine if Jack had been like, "Hi, and I'm Forsyth Pendleton Jones the third. Like, let me blind myself. And Brett would have been like, "Oh man, you outnamed me." He's like, "What?" <laughs> more names than i have you heck it outnamed me that's funny dang i don't know um robin texted me today because i couldn't remember well sam couldn't remember his name and she informed me of the sad truth that brett is only spelled with one t yeah and for some reason that made him more insufferable to me yeah she was like I, and i knew that Brittany, when i was texting you i knew that i had to make that distinction because you had said is it brett is it brent and i said no yeah. it is different actually it is brett with one T. That's so insufferable to me. Not for anyone named Brett. If your name is Brett, that's fine. If your name is Brett with one T, that's fine. But attributing it to this character, that's a genius yeah. writing move. Yeah. Um. So, okay, going into my notes, I didn't realize it was a boarding school. Yeah, neither did I. I probably should have. I. But I didn't even think of that. I clocked that last week because Jug had said, I'll be back on weekends to... Oh, duh. To Jellybean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I uh, I missed that. AFL, AFL. But, yeah, okay. So, how far away is it? It doesn't seem like it's super, super far away. No. I'd say but, like, half an hour. enough, I guess. But also, time and distance doesn't exist in Riverdale. True. It was like, it's like, not far away enough for, like, Mr. Chipping to, like, want to go to... <laughs> to Riverdale High to find Jughead. Yeah. Can I just mention, actually, another thing that our friend Joanna said was, like, how did Mr. Chipping get Jughead's address? It was probably on the entry form. Yeah. And he was a judge. You think? Yes. His address? Yeah, you yeah. have to give your personal information when you enter a contest like that. 
Well, I can see that I can see giving your phone number, but I don't know. I don't know what address. Riverdale existed in 1992. Yeah, which is when okay. I was born. Yeah, I, I saw 27 years ago today. Yeah, another thing. <laughs> another thing that I noticed doing my rewatch on Tuesday was that um, that kid who was taking a picture of Veronica in the locker room, yeah. a film camera. Yep. Oh my god. She ripped out the film. Colin Creevy energy. Sir? Yeah. <laughs> Sir? I love that. When will you be paralyzed? <laughs> Petrified. I'm glad you fixed that. Um, okay. Oh, um, FP says he'll go and buy Jelly Bean some triple bubble. Oh my god, I caught that too, and I'm so happy. And Robin, same episode, Glamour J Eggs. Yeah. My favorite thing. If only they had brought up Glamazon.com or American Excess. Glamour J again. <laughs> yeah. How did you guys feel about Jughead telling Betty that he that they were in this for the long haul? Um, I literally looked at Sam and I said, that's ominous. That means doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're going to break up. Yep. And I'm, I'm also like, I mean, like, if that was said to me, I'd be like, um, melt. Uh, oh my gosh, let's get married. You want to marry me? That's great. Sam, do you want to marry me? But like, yeah, that's watching great. it, I'm like... <laughs> Watching it, I'm like, uh, okay. I don't. When a character says that on a TV show, it usually means they're breaking up or one of them's dying. Yeah. So, but like, or maybe going missing. This is Riverdale, so it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to obey the laws of physics. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, like, if they do break up, it's Bughead, they'll get back together again. T. So, yeah. like, don't be scared. It's okay. Moose was in California. Like, that was his whole thing. He told Kevin he was going to California. And. The guy who played Moose was supposed to be in a TV show that was set in California. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So, but like Moose is leaving at the end of this episode, right? Like it was just this one episode because he specifically said he had to leave, right? Yeah, I think so. Or is Moose staying? I don't think Moose is staying. Okay. So it was just this one episode thing. Yeah. I just think it's weird that he said he was going to California. I think the thing I was more disturbed by with all of that is that he's still like around his homophobic dad. No, he's not. His dad's in jail. Oh, I missed that part. Okay, you can feel free to ignore me. Thanks so much. Okay. Oh, okay. But he did say he was in a facility for a couple months, so maybe that was in California. I'm just trying to make sense of this. California. No? But he's like, please keep it from Brett because um, that guy sucks. That guy sucks. Brett writes this little short story or like this little poem or something and it ends with him wanting his mom to die. Yeah, the minute that he finished reading that, I would literally was like, cool, so you're insane. I don't like him. Like, the faux edginess where he talks about, like, matricide because he thinks it's, like, some kind of, like, deep topic. I was like, are you serious? Like, I see right through you. You're just a little misogynist. Uh-huh. Who's trying to impress other people because you think that misogyny is edgy. It's not. It sure is no. not. You know what's cool? Feminism. Feminism. Yeah! I got it wrong. But you still- yeah, I was like, I was like, two of us were on the same page. But also friendship. <laughs> Sarah's reading a different book. <laughs> She's pouting now. But also feminism. But it's clear it's clear that the other people in the class are too afraid to stand up to him. Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of sad because if I was anywhere near that boy, I would 100% destroy him. Right. Oh my god, I would like yeah. to see it. <laughs> that boy would be eviscerated. Like, like, Jughead doesn't even hurt him because he's like, there's a no violence policy. And so Jughead's like, okay, I guess I won't inflict violence. I'm just going to cut you to the core with my words. Which was iconic. He did that and, like, Brett seemed so stunned. He was like, uh, but, uh, uh, and I'm like, 
Seriously, has no one ever said any negative word to you in your entire life? No like, one's he ever- had one not even that harsh criticism, and he lost his mind. My favorite thing was, he literally was like, I can take it. I'm a big boy, Jughead. Yep. You can tell me. And, and Jughead's like, okay. And so he does, and he's like, huh, time to insult you now. That was my favorite thing. So you're not a big boy. Literally, that's like every male writer on Twitter who's like, yeah, like, please yeah. tell me your thoughts. And then you tell them one constructive thought, and they're like, excuse me, I am a gift to writing. You don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, you're not even that hot anyway. Oh my god, mm-hmm. I just felt that in my soul. There it is. <laughs> there it is. So Jughead wrote his story about the Gargoyle King. And no one has heard of it? And no one thought it was that interesting? They must be, like, a minute outside Riverdale. Yeah, it must be a little longer than that, I guess. But I don't know. Or Governor Dooley covered all of that up. Man, frick Governor Dooley. Every time they brought him up, I was like, no, frick that guy. That guy (laughs) sucks. You said it, man. Democracy is broken. (laughs) Help. I mean, yeah, that's kind of the point of 2019. But obviously this is the reason why Brett was able to, like, find Moose's stuff is because he Googled the Gargoyle King, I guess. Or what did they call it? Not Google. No, they use Google and then they use something else. I don't remember. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Sorry, dude. Brett looked up the Gargoyle King and therefore found all of Moose's stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jughead felt a little bit responsible for all the stuff that happened to Moose because... Moose told him about it, and then he specifically said to keep it away from Brett, and then Jughead gave away too many details. Yeah, it was like, oops. Um, Because he was so focused on his own success that he forgot that, like, it would have a body count. Yeah. Oh, just saying. So then Jughead accidentally walks in on Donna and Moose, um, and he's like, there's a tie on the door. And I'm like, and when he closes it again, I'm like, okay, so there is a tie on the door, but, like, don't your dorms lock? anyway oh yeah like i feel like they lock but he would have a key exactly so if he had a key and he was putting the key in the lock then he would be able to see the tie on the door he would look down and look at the tie like the reason why but he doesn't see it is because he wasn't looking down at the i'm just confused as to why the door wasn't locked no the whole (laughs) point is that jughead didn't understand the the etiquette yeah he's like i don't get it i'm ace yeah Yeah, exactly i don't need this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I like that Donna was like, I'm not ashamed. I don't care. Yeah, good for her. I like Donna. Donna's pretty chill. Yeah. And Moose was also like, I like girls and dudes. I was like, thank you, Moose. Thank you for my rights. I love how was like, weren't you dating Kevin? And he's like, did you forget about Midge, you moron? Guys, Everyone did. Like the sheer amount of like out queer characters on this show. It's and high. they're all friends and not necessarily dating each other. Iconic. Untouchable. (laughs) Top notch. Your faves could never. I thought that the... Oh, I was gonna say something else. I really like Donna. Um, She seems like the exact type of character to be one of the comics characters, especially with her last name, which is Sweet. Yep. I went to to college with a girl whose last name was Sweet. And um, can I tell an anecdote that's not really that relevant, but I... (laughs) It's now in my head, so can I tell it? Sure. So, um, my friend, her name was Megan. uh, Megan Sweet. And... One day when I was in college, it was my birthday, Mm -hmm. and she said, happy birthday. And I said, ah, sweet, sweet Megan. And then my friend Emily was like, that's what it says on the attendance list. Ha ha ha. (laughs) And I thought that was really funny. (laughs) Okay, Bob. Do you get it? No, no, I definitely got it. Because her last name is Sweet. On the attendance list, it says Sweet Megan. Yeah, no, no. No, I got it. It's funny. You just said you didn't get it. (laughs) Robin, I, I said, yeah, I got it. No, I said, did you get it? And you said, no. 
I said, no, I got it. Oh, well, I missed that part because I was explaining it. Okay. <laughs> so why'd you say no? It, I don't, it fell out of my mouth. <laughs> I got it. Okay, never mind. No, it was funny. Don't worry. I thought it was really funny. It is. Don't worry. It's funny. I got the quote of the day. Oh, good for you. I don't like it when you're not here. Oh, sorry, buddy. <laughs> it's not as fun to pod. I know. I'm sorry. Because you guys get to sit and have fun and I sit here in this room by myself. I have great news about next week. I know, but then I tell my stories and then it's a lag and then I can't tell if you actually thought it was funny or if there's an awkward silence happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's both. It, yeah. Why not both? I thought that the assignment that Mr. Chipping gave to them was really heckin' fun. Yeah, I agree. It was right fan fiction. I was like, I'm interested. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see it. So if Mr. Chipping is trying to say that there is no single way to tell a story, which is what he said the like moral of the assignment was, why is okay. there a winner? Well, you got me there. Like, hello? I, I, I don't know. And then, um, and then after... Oh. There was a winner to make Jughead and Brett shut the hell up. Yeah. I, like, I, I understand that, but also, like, how horrible is it to, like, go up in front of the class and tell everybody who lost? <laughs> like, there's a, there's a difference between saying this person won and these two guys freaking <laughs> Biffed it. Biffed it. They, they did not do well. You know? Like, you guys still- I love that he, like, publicly humiliated them. It's mm -hmm. what- it's what they both deserve. Yeah. So, while they're writing and everything, Brett comes over and, like, basically is just, like, super mean to Jughead. Like, it's- it's like, do- does he do this to the other people in the class and they just take it? Or, like, are they quiet and that's why he doesn't do that? But Jughead isn't quiet, which is why he antagonizes Jughead. I think they've seen him do it to other people. And so that's why they just, like, cower. Don't. They- yeah. Yeah. Why is he talking about Jellybean? How does he even know this stuff? How does he know the, like, like, this is so personal. He obviously Googled him. Like, does it say that Jellybean's been in trouble? Does it say that Gladys has been in trouble? Does it say that FP? Like, I- was it used to be a drunk? Maybe he consulted Rumordale. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Rumordale's like, we only care about these four teenagers. And you're like, this really is Gossip Girl all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so Moose got a new start. Why doesn't Jughead get a new start? You know? Um, violence. Then, but then Moose's new start got messed up and I'm sad. I'm sad now. She's sad. I think, it, I think he'll be okay. We'll see him again. So while he's going through the hallway, they say like, oh my gosh, his dad dressed up as the Gargoyle King. His girlfriend got killed by the Black Hood. And then the other thing they say is his real name is Moose. <laughs> no. That's somehow more shocking than Marmaduke. His name, his real name isn't Moose. Also like his real name is Marmaduke. Oh, yeah, good point. His real name is Marmaduke. He just went by Moose. Moose is a nickname. Whoops. <laughs> like, it would make more sense if he's like, yeah, call me Duke. And then they went, his real name is Marmaduke? Oh, see, that joke would have been better. You know? I don't know. Yep. So now I guess Moose is leaving again, and Jughead talks about how this is, like, psychological warfare, and it's, like, nothing like the ghouly stuff that he used to deal with. It's, like, deeper, Guys? I guess. I think I just... <laughs> I think this is Mean Girls. Oh my god, I thought that you pooped your pants. It is Mean Girls. I did not poop Robin. my pants. Robin. It sounded like you went, guys? And I thought, uh-oh, Brittany pooped her pants. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it happened. I'm calling the cops. No, what's that line where it was like, this wasn't like the animal kingdom, this was girl world, and the rules were different? Yeah. Or something like that. I mean, it's it's the same as Regina George throwing out the burn book, is this article. Exactly. Is this just the thank you next music video? <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you guys want to move on to Betty? Yep, please. please. It's my favorite storyline. 
Hey, Sam. Hey, Robin. Can you tell me what Patreon is? <laughs> I'm just so glad it wasn't me. Um, Patreon is a cool platform where you can support your favorite creators and get benefits that from those creators because you support them. Yeah, that basically that sums that right up. Thanks. Oh, cool. Uh, like who? Um, like the aficionados. What? Oh, awesome. I am a Patreon. And, and what sort of things do you get if you support the aficionados? Uh, you get the podcast early. How At early? least a day, sometimes oh, more. Wow. And what if I what if I can't donate? You can share the link. Or tell your friends. Yeah. And tell your friends. You're doing really good, baby. I'm proud of you. Thanks. <laughs> and hey, what do I get if I if I become a patron before November 16th? What do you get? Excuse me, excuse me. Oh. Um, you get a card because it's the anniversary of the Fictionados. What what kind of card? Um, a really dope postcard. Uh, oh. specifically designed by Brittany because she's great at that. That's me! Is there like a message on it? Yeah, it's really sweet. Yeah. And like personalized. And like custom. Wow, that's cool. I'm definitely going to become a patron. Well, I mean. That's kind of redundant. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Thank- thanks, guys. Thanks for talking me down. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Don't give those idiots money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we're going to talk about Betty. And Brittany, you did the summary for this one. I sure did. All right. All right. <clears throat> Ye, and I cannot stress this enough. Ha. I don't want to marry you anymore. Okay. Okay. Betty. Betty is cool with Jughead living at Stonewall, but I'm pretty sure it's because she has bigger fish to fry. She and Charles listen in on an undercover agent delivering pizza to a motel Edgar is holed up at, but it doesn't go so well. Sad. Also, Edgar is fully crazy now. He calls Betty and demands $250,000, food, water, and passports, and a bus, which Betty goes to Charles for. (laughs) He says, nah. Polly shows up to Charles' secret hideout with a bomb strapped to her, which is neat. Betty disarms the bomb with a bobby pin because she's Nancy Drew. Polly isn't brainwashed anymore, I guess, and says Edgar can't be stopped and really wants his stuff. Betty finesses her way into passports from Tony, glamour eggs from Ronnie, and a bus from Riverdale High. Edgar is super ungrateful and kidnaps Betty instead. The Cooper women reunite and escape his clutches. Also, Evelyn gets hit in the head, which I waited a year for. Betty rounds up the farmies to escape while Alice goes to stop Edgar from taking off in a rocket ship. Edgar refuses uses to come quietly and Alice straight up kills him like the badass milf she is. We have to stand. Okay. So so that was a lot. Edgar is very different this season and obviously uh, he's dead now so I assume, I mean, I hope he doesn't come back. <laughs> I think they just were like, okay, let's just have him be unhinged. Because here's the thing, obviously- Like they just leaned in. Obviously it's been a few months since we last saw him. But like last season, yeah. it was very, yes, I'm a cult leader, but I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly how and who I'm manipulating and I'm doing it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And this season it's like, yeah. I have bought into my own crap and I'm a crazy person now. And I need to ascend, even though I basically made up ascension into the sky by a rocket. And send everyone I know, all of my followers, including my wife, off a cliff. Yeehaw! And also, what happened to the organs? Okay. I mean, he he definitely lost the plot. You know, I think the writers realized <laughs> that this was the worst part of season three. And they were like, screw it, let's go full insanity and blow it up and redeem Alice at the same time. And I was like... This is the most I've enjoyed this plot the entire time it's existed. Yep. I don't know. I feel like I enjoyed the pl- the farm plot line more than Veronica's plot line last season, I gotta say. Well, that's fair. You know what? Fair enough. 
Yeah. Because at least it was interesting. It's upsetting and accurate. Yeah. You know, I didn't like it, but at least it was interesting. That's true. So Evelyn answers the door for 15 billion pizzas every day. Cool. (laughs) Is what I hear. These people eat pizza every day. (laughs) I'm like, how are they all still alive? Somebody get them more food. Also, this motel looks hacking nice. It does. Yeah. For a motel. Yeah. Okay, but it's also, like, decrepit because it's falling apart and there's, like, no water in the pool and, like... It used to be very nice. The windows are broken. Yeah, it's a Vancouver motel. I'm high-key here for the aesthetic, though. Yes. Like... Oh my gosh, like, the part where Char... The abandoned garbage aesthetic. So good. Yeah, and where, like... Edgar was inside of the pool, and then it was, like, looking up onto, like, oh, my gosh, that was so iconic. Machen put some, like, behind-the-scenes pics of that in her Instagram, and it was great. Yeah. This uh, episode was directed by Greg Smith, who I have met and is a very nice human. Oh, that's nice. Good for you, Bob. He's a great guy. I liked him on Rookie Blue. He was my favorite character. That's right. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Charles talked about Waco. Would you like to hear about Waco? I yes. know about Waco, but what do you know about Waco? Well, um, I'll tell you what Wikipedia says about cool. Waco. All right. The Waco siege was the siege of a compound belonging to the religious sect Branch Davidians, carried out by American federal and Texas state law enforcement, as well as the U.S. military between February 28th and April 19th, 1993. The Branch Davidians were led by David Koresh and were headquartered at Mount Carmel Center Ranch in the community of Axtell, Texas. Texas. Suspecting the group of stockpiling illegal weapons, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms obtained a search warrant for the compound and arrest warrants for Koresh and a select few of the group's members. The incident began when the ATF attempted to raid the ranch. An intense gun battle erupted, resulting in the deaths of four government agents and six Branch Davidians. Upon the ATF's failure to raid the compound, a siege lasting 51 days was initiated by the FBI. Eventually, the FBI launched an assault and initiated a a tear gas attack in an attempt to force the Branch Davidians out of the ranch. During the attack, a fire engulfed Mount Carmel Center. This resulted in the death of 76 Branch Davidians, including 20 children, two pregnant women, and David Koresh. Yeah. So when Betty is like, why don't we just barge in there? Charles is like, well, that usually doesn't (laughs) work out the way we want it to. I don't know. You know, just like shot in the dark. Cults are kind of insane. Eh, you know, a little chaotic. And then she le- uh, learns yeah. immediately that that doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, my next note was pizza every day. <laughs> <laughs> pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on the table, you can eat pizza anytime. I know that's not the right thing. Did she just make that up? What is what is that? Wait, what are you talking about? What do you mean? Did I just wake make that up? It's a jingle. I don't know that. No. Please tell me more. What is it? Robin, I've never heard of that. Oh, no. Wait, what is it? It's a jingle. I'm trying to remember what it is, though. Pizza in the morning. Okay, well, will you tell it to me so I can Google it? Pizza in the morning song. It's a Bagel Bites commercial from 1996. I hate myself. Here there we go. go. Here we go, ladies. This is well, Oh. Brittany, you missed you missed a really you missed a really important piece of information there. I missed, but I just wanna I missed the most crucial part. 
But the genius of rhyming bagel and table. <laughs> my, brain, my brain filled those blanks in and it was like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> I really appreciated that. Uh, uh, thank you. I hate y'all. I hate you. Stop okay. laughing. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I hate you. She's laughing silently now and the bed is shaking. So um, they send in... <sighs> okay, Robin, you were saying? So they send in the agent and he tries to give them pizza and Evelyn says that he's not our guy, which means they get the same delivery person every single day, I guess? Yeah, probably to ensure that uh, he's trustworthy. Yep. He's like one of the farmies or something? No, they probably just request the pay same guy off. and they pay him well. Oh, okay. Um, And then Charles calls the guy echo and he he goes by charlie which it's like it makes sense if that's like the first like letter of their name and it's like in military alphabet but like his name is charles he's literally charlie yeah i love it oh my god i never even noticed that that's cute that was funny so edgar is calling betty from alice's phone obviously he stole it when he figured out that she was the mole and he beat her up i'm gonna beat him up and what I like about this is when you go back through the episode, you realize that the reason why Alice confessed was because Edgar cut off Weatherby's finger. And then she was like, well, we can't have that, that continuing was happening. brutal. JK, it's me. And Edgar's like, okay, I'm not going to cut off one of your fingers for some reason. Sorry, I was yawning. Classic. Yes. Good answer. I have a question. What does he need passports for if he's going to kill them all? Um, Probably to get them to comply with whatever he was doing yeah like convince them to get on the buses oh like maybe he told the followers they're getting on the bus to go to canada exactly their bus actually is the magic school bus and can fly yeah do you have a problem with that it's the bus from sky high well i mean i imagine riverdale is near the canadian border it is yeah okay so he said this is the bus from sky high so we all need passports because the border patrol the border border agent is just let her do it she just wants to do it is up in the clouds okay just let her have it (laughs) they're gonna ascend am i wrong classic yeah yeah and they need their passports to do so. Ascending is going to Canada because it's heaven. Most of them probably already have passports. I don't know. Okay. I mean, we have like a semi-corrupt uh, government, but like, whatever. Yeah, like, who doesn't? You know what? Right now, it could be worse. <laughs> at, this, at this point, really, who doesn't? It's just fashionable. It could be worse. So why did Edgar choose to let Polly go? Is it because Polly is like seeing the light now and she's like, oh, well, actually, she never mind? could also do the most damage to both Alice and Betty. Oh, right, duh. Right. So, yeah, I guess my question was, like, did Polly figure out what the heck was going on and that was the reason why he sent her in? Or did he send her in and then Polly was like, actually, what the heck am I doing? Hmm. I, I think he sent her in and at the... So he sent her in, I think, at this point because... Sorry, words in order. It's fine. <sighs> I think he sent her in, one, to hurt Alice. Mm-hmm. Two, because Polly probably started, like, started to realize... Especially after she learned the truth about Alice. Because at this point, she would know. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I think by the time Betty shows up, I mean, by the time Polly shows up with the bomb, she's, like, just terrified and realized that he's a terrible person because he's, like, literally trying to kill them and not help them, which is what she thought. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Multiple reasons, basically. Yeah. But, yeah. 
Why why is Betty the one who's doing this when Charles clearly knows more about it? Didn't Edgar say it was... Oh, you mean the bomb stuff? Because... Right? Yeah, the bomb. Yeah, we were confused by that too. But like, also this is Riverdale. So anyone... Anytime someone's gonna get to do a cool thing... It's always the teenager. If they have the opportunity to give it to one of the core four, they're gonna. (laughs) Like, I know that this doesn't translate to television. But the fact that Charles is spending time explaining to Betty how to defuse a bomb when he clearly knows how to. And he could just walk up there and do it himself. Yeah, but... Why did that happen? What bit? I mean, maybe Polly only trusted Betty. In my... I think that's what they were trying to tell us. In my review on TelltaleTV.com. Oh my god. I <laughs> I basically said, does this make any sense? Is it completely illegal? No, not really. Is seeing Betty stop a suicide bomb on her sister with nothing more than a bobby pin and her quick wit? Is that not peak entertainment? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And you know what? I was. Yeah. I was entertained. I'm not going to question it. So, Betty asks Veronica for money, and Veronica offers to give her all of her mom's Glamourge eggs. So, did she get those back? Mm, they're probably in the bus. Were they... Were, yeah, were they in the rocket, or were they in the bus? I mean, the cops are gonna get them. Or, like... It, so the cops will probably just be like... Yeah, I, I, I think she'll probably get them back. This belongs to you. Oh, I never yeah. thought about that. Which makes me feel better than she's only giving away $40,000, which she meant to give away all right. of that as well. Betty needs fake IDs. She needs fake passports. Doesn't Reggie make fake IDs? Oh, yeah. Oh. So why are you going to Tony? Reggie totally makes- What makes her think that Tony will do that? I think it's funny how she's like, I know somebody. And then she's like, my person, the person who I know knows somebody. Well, Tony just <laughs> knows Tony's things. Tony's a bad Yeah, Tony just knows things. Also, yeah. Tony does- Photography and forgery, so... Oh, good point. Passport would be easy for her. Wait, when did she forge? I don't know. She does crime. She's a serpent. Okay, I remembered her doing photography, but I didn't know about the forgery part. So I wasn't... I, Excuse I me, made ma'am? it up. It felt Not right. all serpents commit the same crimes. Okay, I, I sorry, sorry. I thought you had an example, so I was okay. just asking. My bad. It's okay. I was just confused. I was like, what? I didn't remember something? Crazy <laughs> that Sam's such a liar. So I was just checking. Let me just make up plot points. Thanks, man. So, uh, at this point in the episode, I have said out loud, Betty, you stole a bus. Okay, guys. <laughs> Betty hotwired that bus, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, good. Like, I, she could have stolen the keys. No. Nah. But, like, I like to think that Betty hotwired a bus. Yeah, I like that better. I thought there were more farmies than could fit on a school bus. It looked like there were more farmies than could fit on a school bus. Yeah, that was weird, right? Like, did Edgar want a city bus and she just misunderstood? Was she supposed to find the one with the accordion in it? Beggars can't be choosers. I feel like a city bus and a school bus are about the same size. Yeah. You just typically have people standing on a city bus, which you don't on a school bus, but you could make them stand if you're going to drive them over a cliff anyway. I just think that city buses are laid out specifically to make it so that the most amount of people can get on. And school buses are, I mean, they're school buses and city buses are both... The wheels on the bus go round and round for like f- for safety, you know, like they're but school buses are more safe. I don't know if they're more safe. They're for children. They don't have seatbelts. That's true. I'm just I'm just thinking like what's different. There's got to be something else that's anyway. Different. Alice Cooper. Hi, welcome to the Aficionados. We have arguments over buses. <laughs> it turns out it was Evelyn in that uggo hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad that she got hit in the head. Yeah. 
I I mean, she hit Betty in the head, so you get your comeuppance, ma'am. Mm-hmm. But Evelyn's still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Edgar's dead, but Evelyn's still alive. Yeah. Just to be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Edgar is going to kill everyone, even Evelyn, and Evelyn is okay with this? I mean, I guess she's, like, bought into it if they're both insane. And, like, he's also going to kill himself if he takes off in that rocket, let's be honest. Yeah, he too. built it himself. That's true. Like, they both are like... It's gonna explode. No, 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 yeah. I'm ascending. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What a couple. I just wanted to say that that rocket looked pretty great for him to have built it himself. Well, he's been obsessively doing it. Yeah, but like... He didn't have a Raven Reyes. Seems like he did some welding. True. Seems like he really, you know, he shaped it and he cut out the pattern and he taped it good, you know? It looked like it was pretty well made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he taped it good. Yeah. He taped it good. So do the farmies just believe that Betty is Evelyn? Or do they just think she's an an, an authority figure? No. Like Alice says, just say things with confidence. They think she's an authority yeah. figure. But they're like, hey, that girl's in the same outfit as Evelyn. Eh. Honestly, you say anything with confidence, you can get away yeah. with a lot. I just want to say that moment was when I was like, oh, Alice Cooper is back. Yeah. That's Alice Cooper. Yep. Love it. Welcome back. Because like season three was rough, man. That was not good. You just didn't recognize her from, like, the great character that she had become in season two. And, like, now she's back. And that's I think it so was a mistake that they did that. It was a huge mistake. It was a huge mistake, and I think they know that. They lost an entire season of development for Alice on a plot twist that they did at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wasn't worth it. I don't know that it was initially supposed to be that plot what plot twist. Like, I think they thought they were doing something cool, and then they were like, oh, no, everyone hates this must fix you think i think i mean there could have been like some intention for it but i i don't know i just if that was gonna be the twist all along i don't think it was like i think it should have been hinted at oh yeah throughout the season to like lead up to that i don't think it was i don't think it was executed well enough to be a mic dropped plot toss t yeah t okay but now they fixed it and i'm like thanks thank you yay So then also, now let's talk about fangs. Oh boy. I don't have anything fangs thoughts. Do you want to share some? Basically just that, um, I hope that he sees, he he gets better. Okay. Thanks. Sure. I hope that for him too. I like that they didn't forget about him in this scene. I like that he was there. Maybe, maybe he'll go to the same, um, clinic as... Polly. Maybe. Who knows? So my favorite thing about this entire episode was the zoom in on Edgar. Oh, (laughs) hilarious. My God. We laughed out loud. I literally was like, what is this? Thank you, Riverdale, for knowing exactly what you are, which is a soap opera. Yeah. Yep. Like, Like, if if there was any evidence that it knows what it is, it was that shot. It was that shot. That honestly, it was a joke. That was the best shot that this show has ever done because that it was literally a zoom in saying, yeah, we know what we are and we're going to let it happen. I love that Chad Michael Murray Mm -hmm. was like, yeah, do it. I know this. I know what this show is. I'm about to die. Who cares? He leaned right into it. So it turns out that Weatherby was the one who got his finger cut off and now he's a normal person. So that's good. Yeah, having your- You've got Weatherby back. Finger cut off will do that to you. Do you guys think that Weatherby's going to come back and be the principal or uh, or are we stuck with Honey for a while still? I hope Weatherby comes back because Honey is terrible. 
I yeah. think we're going to be stuck with honey for a while. But though. I think we're going to be stuck with honey. Yeah. Which, which I understand. Like if I was with B, I'd be like, listen, um, can I take a sec? Yeah. He's going to need a sabbatical. Like, I'm missing a finger. I got to relearn how to like do stuff without a finger. But it's still like bloody and bandaged, which means that Alice must have confessed very recently. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. So yeah. So we know that. Yeah. And like the bruises on her face are fresh. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 I love my smart friends. Betty says that on the bus, there are women and children. I didn't see any children. Is she talking about the, is she talking about teens? She must be because I didn't see any kids at the farm. Yeah. Though I didn't see any kids either. Kids are raised in cults. Like Joaquin Phoenix was born while his parents were in a cult. Yep. That's what, I mean, that's what was going to happen to Juniper and Dagwood. Mm -hmm. It just didn't. But like the fact that she, that they call teens children here but then they go and turn around and have a sex scene exactly slash uh imply a magic mic night yeah it's not a good look yeah it's um machin did say at new york comic-con that in episode eight there's a sex talk finally and i'm like you this is way overdue but good yeah i was watching last episode with my sister who hasn't watched she didn't watch all of season three and (laughs) good for her there's that big like giant sex scene with two different couples in uh the at the beginning of last episode and she's like do they can we did did we see them like put on a condom or something yeah she's like no are they gonna are they gonna like hold one up or something like are they gonna like don't they have to talk about this i was like yeah they should. But they sure don't. But they don't. Yeah. Safe sex? Educating teenagers of the show that you watch? Never heard of it. Never heard about it. Also, like, who has a slumber party to like bang your boyfriend? I didn't like it. While your other friend while your other friends are banging in right. the other room. Like who has a double date sleepover mm. to have sex in separate rooms? I'm uncomfy. That sounds like my worst nightmare. Maybe we all just didn't do that in high school. <laughs> like where would they get these ideas from unless teenagers did that? Did teenagers do that? I mean, the first time that I ever heard, like, a rumor about someone else in my school, like, doing that sort of thing, I was in grade six. Oof. Oh, that's way too young. Yeah, and I specifically remember in the uh-huh. family change room of the water park of Incredible. the Delicate Center. And they, like, like the rumor knew, like, said what room it happened in. Which means that that didn't happen. Yeah. Like, who knows? I never asked her. That's so creepy. I, she was in my class. That's so creepy. But I never asked her. No, of course not. And now I'm like, was that even true? I don't know. But I thought that about her the whole time, Ugh. which sucks. Well, alrighty then. That was uncomfortable. So, anyway. Safe sex, kids. So, um, that uh, outfit, Edgar's outfit. Um, it's, uh, he looks like Evil Knievel. Yeah, it's an homage to Evil Knievel. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I just I, said that as a joke. No, it fully is. I thought he looked like I thought he looked like Duke Kaboom, who is an homage to Evil Knievel. Yes. So that makes Who's sense. Duke Kaboom. Uh, Toy Story Four. Y'all ain't seen Toy Story Four? Oh uh, no, I knew it it's was going to be sad, 4. so I didn't watch it. Duke Kaboom is an icon. He's a Canadian icon. <laughs> Voiced oh. by Keanu Reeves. He is Canadian. Oh, okay. He's great, and he looks just like Edgar in the scene. Sounds great. My favorite part was that his name was embroidered on it. Who embroidered that? Um, clearly he did, because he really cares about that aesthetic. Or he right. made Evelyn do it. <laughs> can you imagine? Like, babe. She's like, okay. Can you do this for me? Probably. So then Alice shoots Edgar, and she says, Edgar ascended. That was such a good But when joke. I first saw it, I thought she said, Edgar is ended. And I was like, that's not very good grammar. I thought that too. 
I was like, that's bad grammar, ma'am. I thought she was just like <laughs> trying to be alliterative. Way to go, idiots. Yeah. Oh, well. So then Betty is with Jughead and is saying that Polly is at going to be at the Shady Grove Treatment Center. And they have a conversation as to whether or not they can trust Charles. And of course, you're like, yeah, Betty, can you trust Charles? And I'm like, I literally out loud while I was watching. I was like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes, we can. Yes. And Betty's like, yeah, I think so. And then I remembered that like Jughead's wondering because he's also his brother. Oh, right. Yeah, true. Can I trust my own brother? Jughead, you should have put that work in, dude. I don't know. Remember how you guys share a brother? And also your parents are dating. Like, what a fun first impression for Charles to meet Polly <laughs> today. Oh my God. Like, you know, he's like, oh, there's my other one. Literally like Polly. Caught like, them all. Like they sit her down and, and uh, Charles is like, so who is this? <laughs> and Betty's like, this is your sister. <laughs> Yeah, this is the other one. <laughs> Iconic. Like, has he met Jellybean yet? I don't think so. Has he Hello? met Jellybean yet? But Jellybean is also his sister. Oh, boy. Yeah, there's a lot going oh. on. The show is so incestuous. <laughs> so um, then they find the VHS tape, which was left outside their house. And it says famous last words on it, I believe. Or maybe that's what Jughead said. Or Jughead just said la- famous last words. He said yeah, famous like, last words because um, Betty said everything's going back to normal. Right. And then he says famous last words. Okay, got it. I was like, right. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, why would he say that on it? Okay. <laughs> but we're good. Like, I feel like if I was them, I'd be like, I don't have a VHS player. I don't have a VCR. I literally, I actually genuinely wondered if um some like of the younger like kids watching it knew what those were well like if you show a kid a floppy disk like i've seen a thing if you show a kid a floppy disk they're like yeah that's the save icon that's adorable like i don't know oh my god did you see that post where someone thought the save icon was a vending machine yes yes i did and they were like why is there a vending machine in microsoft word and i was like i need to go ma'am all right so now it's time for segments my first segment is a sexual joke head question mark question mark question mark and the answer is yes always yes i don't care congratulations thanks and my segment is which milf was the most badass and you know what it was freaking Alice, and I'm so glad for the first time in, like, it has to be a season that she's gotten that. God, I'm so proud of her. You, you gave it to her yesterday. You gave it to her yeah, last Yeah, but now episode. she truly deserves it, because I saw her. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks. Don't judge me. She is the most badass. She is. Did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? No, but like I said last episode, it's coming. And it kind of exists in the manifestation of their son. True. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, I just need to see the reunion. Yeah, I'm ready. Like... I feel like I should lower my expectations yeah, you and should. understand that they're going to skip right over that. Yeah, they're going to. But I think they already have. Yeah, probably. Yeah. You think? I mean, they I talked about so. how Polly was already in a facility. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like it sad. happened at the end of this episode. Yeah. And oh. we didn't see it. And Alice was already back to work. So, yeah. I deserve better. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to get it. Me, specifically. Yeah. But, like, hi, welcome to how cabbie shippers feel. But, like, how did that go? Did they just, did Alice come home to the same house? And she's like, I was undercover the whole time. Are, like, they, are they going to share a bedroom? Is she going to tell him that Charles is around? Like, who knows? Are they going to talk about Charles? Yeah, where does she live? I have a lot of questions. FP doesn't even know about Charles. Exactly. Like, he knows she had the baby, but he thinks he's dead. Yeah. They got a lot to talk about. I need them to reunite. And kiss so we can yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> and now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Brett and Jughead for... I don't have any experience with low lives or criminals or trailer trash. You know, I could give you the crash course in about five seconds. And then he's gonna punch him in the face. 
But not actually, because there is no violence policy at Stonewall Prep. Finish him! (laughs) And mine goes to Cheryl for... Toodles! Toodles! Tooties! No one could deliver that line with that much of, like, authority. Except for Madeline. And mine goes for... Evelyn is going to drive the bus full of farmies off of a cliff as a distraction. While he... What? Takes off in his rocket. What? Yeah. He bought a rocket? No, he's been building one. Classic. Incredible. Like, the fact that Majin managed to deliver that with a straight face deserves an Emmy. She knows what shows she's on. She's had practice. She does. Exactly. All right, so now it's time for our trailer reaction. This this one's going to be fun. Yes. (sighs) Oh, Sam already has thoughts about this trailer. I just want you to know. Great. You won't get any of it. Oh, oh, I like to, I read the thing on the bottom now, okay? Okay, here we go. Riverdale 404, Halloween, season four, episode four promo. Halloween in Riverdale. When ominous videotapes begin appearing on doorsteps across Riverdale, widespread fear quickly returns to the town. At Stonewall Prep, Jughead learns about a series of mysterious disappearances that have occurred to former students at the school. Meanwhile, Archie's plan to create a safe space for the town's kids gets derailed when some unwanted visitors crash their Halloween party. Elsewhere, Veronica comes face-to-face with trouble, while Betty's past comes back to haunt her. Lastly, a haunting... A haunting... That's not good grammar. A haunting in Thistle House rocks Cheryl and Tony to their core. <gasps> bum bum bum. I love a good haunting. Sounds like they're not planning on whittling it down to any particular storyline. <laughs> I love it. I It makes my reviews really easy to write. Yeah. Because I only have to write like 200 words about each storyline. <laughs> Yeah, it is a lot. Like it was fun last episode, but now I'm like, okay, let's uh, let's do one, uh, one or two, maybe three at a time. That'd be great. I mean, Sam did comment uh, when we were watching that she was glad that Cheryl was finally being treated as like one of the group by getting balanced storylines alongside the others. Right. Yeah. So that is nice. Three, two, two one, play. play. Oh my god, a phone ringing. A yellow phone? I love how they say that it's inside the house. Ew. Oh my god, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, though. Oh, wait. AAF. Oh my gosh. Okay. I feel like I didn't I didn't say anything. There's just so much to see. So yeah. that Jason doll I gotta, is fully dressed as a sailor. I gotta check this authenticity, fam. Look at that. Look at that. Okay. Oh I'm my upset! God. Wait, first of all. Y'all, I'm starting at the beginning. You had thoughts on who Betty is dressed up as. Betty is dressed as Laurie Strode from the Halloween franchise. Yes, I haven't seen this, obviously, so would you like to... Like, I mean, that's the movie that this next episode is... Referencing? Is titled after. So do you have any thoughts on that in particular? Yeah, I have a lot of really gay thoughts. (laughs) Same. But um, Uh, it's a great movie with Jamie Lee Curtis... And the only, like, it's a massive franchise, but the only ones you need to see are the original and the one from 2018. Yeah. Uh, they're magnificent. Would you say that it is better than Freaky Friday? Oh, gosh. Different, um, different, different, completely different, different genres. Like. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad you didn't say yes. <laughs> like, Jamie Lee Curtis is flawless. Um, It's literally about a babysitter who is um 
terrorized by the mass murderer, uh, uh, Michael Myers. Yes. Would you say that it is better than Activia commercials? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. It must be pretty good then. I'm literally Googling to see if Betty is on the same phone that Lori was, and it looks like they're pretty similar, but Betty's is yellow. It's, uh, it looks very much like the Stranger Things phone. It sure does, actually. Joyce's phone is yellow at the beginning, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, then there you go. But yeah, um, the whole thing is about like mm. uh, Michael Myers becomes obsessed with um her with uh yeah oh yeah that yeah. is the same outfit and yeah, all of this happens on Halloween night while she's babysitting and like her friends are brutally murdered and you know it's a really violent movie yeah like the the so original fun. one is basically just your classic slasher film yeah and then uh-huh. the sequel from last year is psychological very like psychological horror where they've both become obsessed with each other with this one halloween night like 30 years later and they show down again and it's great yeah spoopy so the next thing we have is it looks like it's veronica running down to the speakeasy into that like little uh telephone booth which is how you get down to the speakeasy and she's wearing her pops she must be rushing to get her outfit on yeah so yeah, she's running down into the speakeasy now, but we don't know where she's headed. Cheryl has dressed Jason up and um, is brushing his dead see. hair. Okay, it, it would be falling off. Guys, you would not have any hair left. I have a question: Is that a real actor okay. in makeup, or is that a doll? I'm pretty sure it's a doll. Okay, I'm almost certain it's, it's got to be a prop, right? Because he's very still. Yeah, very still. Because and is. um, Tony and Cheryl are <gasps> the sailor this of doll course. is dressed as that. Yeah, they're being. As a sailor. They're not being haunted by a ghost. Ooh. It's by Cheryl's freaking triplet. Ooh. If she's a chimera, then she might have, like, taken the DNA from that long-lost triplet. And maybe that triplet was never actually born. Yeah, but then that just leads right into DID, and I don't like that. Maybe that's who she's being haunted by. I lead right into what, sorry? Dissociative identity disorder. Like, are you saying that Cheryl is playing both of them? Oh, gotcha. No. That's what it, that's what, she was in the poster, but I'm just saying that was maybe like symbolic for the poster. And I think that it's just like her living her life and maybe she didn't know anything about it because if like Nana Rose had said triplets to her, that probably would have meant something to her because she always says that her and JJ were twins. Yeah. Well, I don't think- like maybe she doesn't know. I think it's I don't a long think lost Cheryl triplet. knew. I don't think she's a chimera. Yeah, no. I think the. Oh, you think that was just a word they used? I hope she's not a chimera because I don't trust this show to explain DID with any authenticity. Right, like like Orphan Black had the time and the exactly. audience for that, and this show doesn't. I think that the baby was born. Okay, I understand what you mean. And it was taken because by because Nana Sailor Rose dude. wouldn't have said triplets otherwise. Yeah, and it was taken by Sailor Dude. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, so this doll is dressed as a sailor, obviously. It, it's unclear whether it's supposed to be a boy doll or a girl doll, so it could be Jason or it could be yeah, like yeah. the long-lost triplet that it looks like Cheryl. Who knows? Okay, so it's her and Cheryl, Cheryl, Tony, and Nana Rose <laughs> yeah. who are doing using the Ouija board. God, I wouldn't even, like, as an actor, I wouldn't even touch that. Like, I would have a real hard time doing this scene. No, no, that thing's heckin' cursed. I was like, I don't touch any Ouija board. I don't care who made it. Uh -uh, I don't care uh -uh. if you made it yourself. I'm not touching that. Like, I would have a, I don't know, like, even, like, professionally, I'd have a hard time. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Where'd I get that from? The office. Thank you. And the doll is also here. Yeah, the doll, um. So, okay. Is the doll, like, an Annabelle thing? I'm wondering (gasps) that. Oh my god, like, are we doing the conjuring too? Like, if the twin died, does this doll possess its spirit? 
and if it lived, is this an homage that Penelope kept to like keep the kid's memory alive? Yeah, but when Riverdale really do a haunting, they try to stay away from supernatural stuff. Eh. Wasn't that something that happened in season two when Cheryl was like, Penelope, I need answers about the sugar man. And then like the sugar man was like some weird story that Penelope had told them as children, but it turned out that sugar man was an actual man or something like that. Yeah. Like there was something similar to this that happened. I'm so glad we're going to all be together for this episode. Same. It's going to be so spooky and fun. Would you guys be um uh, uh, willing to wait an extra half an hour to 45 minutes while it's on so that I can get home from work? Obviously. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Riverdale is not a show that I need to watch immediately as long as I get to watch it like that night or the next day. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it live in like two years like i love riverdale so much but like i don't know i guess because like i'm older and like the immediacy isn't there and i'm not obsessed with it i just really enjoy it and i love it i'm not like yeah like if i'm even a minute late for the bacard show i will have a temper tantrum okay 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 thanks so betty is screaming on the phone and they even say like the call is coming from inside the house which was like a whole thing in season two Mm -hmm. and is like a horror movie trope i assume that this is a dream or some sort where betty sees the black hood and the gargoyle king yeah or people are dressing up as this them for halloween and for halloween (gasps) that's so messed up if you went and betty's getting (sighs) thrown backward that's so messed up going to school with betty knowing that that her that that was her dad and he's dead now that's messed up whoever that was if that's true like that's really messed up but that would be a great tie-in to betty picking trash off his grave in the yeah oh it sure would wow i'm really excited that's probably gonna be like two 304 was midnight club right yeah Yeah. the single best episode of riverdale so fourth episodes uh fourth episodes this one's gonna be a good one i'm excited yeah they're always good thank you so much for listening our music is terminal by good news tunes if you like us please leave us a review on itunes we like those also um we have a survey that's just perpetually open where you can tell us like what you like about the pod what you don't like um and what you think we could work on and stuff about you guys and that's always in the description like just yeah literally always actually yeah i'm done with that sentence now (laughs) okay Okay. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. We did season four, season five, season six. We will be covering season seven. And then we're going to be going back and doing the first three seasons. If you're a fan of Lost, we'd like to talk about that show too. We are at the tail end of season two now. Did you like that? I did that for you. And <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we're having a good time. Those are released monthly right now because we're busy. Yeah, we're very busy. And I truly think like they're our longest ones. So I feel like monthly is... Uh, is 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 perfect yeah they take work yeah if you're a fan of stranger things we'd like to talk about that show too we did long form season one uh we did short form season three no spoilers as we watch the season and uh next year 2020 we'll be doing season two and speaking of 2020 you know what comes out in 2020 star trek picard star trek picard and we're gonna do a podcast about it robin's never seen a stitch of star trek um i've seen a lot of it. Sam just finished watching it. Emily has seen Voyager now. So, you know, it's going to be a good time. I don't know who's going to come in and out of random episodes. We shall see. But um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Star Trek. So you should come hang out with us. Yeet. Um, and one thing that we've kind of forgot to mention a little bit, but we did talk about at the top a little bit, is that uh, we have a partnership with an app called TVCO. It's TVCO. You can download it uh, on your phone's app store. And we have a live stream that happens every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST. So that's 7 p.m. Vancouver time. Um, and we basically just watch the 
episode of the previous week in preparation for the next episode, which happens uh, the next day. Um, So if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, which is Monday, it's happening tomorrow, 7 p.m. PSD, we've been having lots and lots of fun with anybody who is there. If there's anything that you think we missed this episode or um, something that you wanted to put your opinion out there, uh, feel free to join us for the live stream. We had a bunch of new people this uh, uh, episode or uh, this stream this week, which was super fun. Um, Yeah, we'd love to have you there. And I will physically be in the next one. Finally. So Scorsese, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so you can download uh, TVCO um, by searching TVCO, T-V-C-O, or TVCO.app on your phone. It'll come up. It'll be great. And then you just search Riverdale, or you can search Aficionados, and then give us a follow, and then you'll get notifications when we start broadcasting, just in case you forget. Y'all got all that. Okay, good. Um, you can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, also TVCO, and also um, we're mostly on Twitter, and Robin makes gifts on Tumblr, and you should support her because she works hard on those gifts. Yeah, it's true. And our Patreon is patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive. And if you become... Yeah, we're going to have five podcasts. Yeah, and if you become a patron before November 16th, then you get a really cool personalized postcard that says aficionados three years anniversary on it. And um, you want one of those, right? Put it on your fridge. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna go all out this year, I think. It's going to be good. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Uh, and thank you so much to Sam for joining us. Thank you, baby. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for putting up with me in the future when I'm here. Because we go to live obnoxious. Yay. Where, where can we? we follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Sam C. That's S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-C. And where can we find your reviews? You can find my reviews at telltelltv.com slash author slash Samantha Coley. It'll be in the description. Thanks, guys. And join us for our next episode, which, I mean, we've been talking about it a lot, but it's 404 Halloween. So Halloween. Halloween is a 1978 American slasher film starring Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in her film debut. The plot tells about a mental patient who was committed to a sanitarium for murdering his teenage sister on Halloween night. 15 years later, he escapes and returns to his hometown where he stalks a female babysitter and her friends while under pursuit by his psychiatrist. Yeah, it's really good. You should go watch it if you like horror movies. But if you like horror movies, you've seen it. True. Yeah. <laughs> and if you like horror movies and you haven't seen the remake. Oh my or, god, go watch not it. Not remake, sequel. Yeah. Uh, please go watch it. It's so yeah, good. It's, it's, it's like the psychological fallout from a horror movie. It's great. Cool. If I liked horror movies, I feel like I'd be majorly into that. Yeah, you would. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alas. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Love bye. you bye.